Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Charles Stewart. Uh, um, conversation's already started. This is the 21st of July, uh, 2017. We're in conference here promoting constitutional government and jural societies. And uh, as I broke into the conversation so abruptly here, I was interrupting a good friend that was already talking, Mr. Don Little. I recognize his voice. I have been out of contact with Don Little for a long time. I was worried about him. He's a little bit older. His health is kind of shaky. But I'm really glad to hear your voice, Don. How are you doing? I am doing good, and it's good to hear your voice. I called you. On the telephone, I keep getting to Stuart, uh, where you live at, and it's all about coming in with a non-UCC, and that's what we're doing. you got to come under your birth certificate. That's the first money, and we are the money. They had to borrow the money from the people. We the people, and we are the people, and we got to come into court just like you said. we got to know how to do this, and we got to do it on our own instead of on our own two feet. And challenges people. We know what we're doing and we know who we are. So all you need is a name and number. You got your number already. I have one too. And so have you. You got a name and number. But you also have a social security number. And that's what ties you into commercial government today. But our real government is the people. It's always we the people. And right. it's the bylaws of the Constitution that we Got If you get messed up, you just go study the Constitution, and it's the bylaws of it. That's the Bill right. of Rights, and you Done. have the full ten Bill of Rights. Done. Go ahead. We, we, we need to share the microphone with, with others here as, as we're building our conference, and, and, and we've, we've, we've got a number of important items on the agenda. Be glad to bring you up to speed on Good. Good. Um, But we need to share the microphone here a little bit, okay? That's right. Go ahead. All right, all right. Um, yes. Uh, are there in attendance besides myself and Don Little here? Uh, would Would you like to introduce yourselves? This is Orpha from Illinois. Orpha, great to hear your your voice. Uh, glad to have you with us here again, sister. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Uh, others. Marvin Rick from Rick from Southern Illinois. Excellent, Marvin. Good to hear you again. I, I look forward to revisiting Sam's case with you. Uh, Shorty said that he would try to come in, too. Um, Good deal. All right. All right. Uh, others like to say hi? This is Jim from Illinois. Good. Glad to hear your voice, Jim. Have you been with us before? No, this is the first time on. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad to, to hear your presence here, and uh, look forward to interacting with you as the conference uh, continues on. All right. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. I, I, anybody else like to introduce themselves quickly? Our lights are available in 1224. I, I didn't hear that, sir. Rick from Southern Illinois. Good to hear you, Rick. I believe you've been with us before, right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Good to hear your voice, Rick, and and uh, look forward to uh, uh, your sharing in the discussion with us all here as opportunity allows. Um, anybody else would like to introduce themselves here, real quickly? California. 
Um, all right. Well, we're off to a good start here. It's just a, a, a few moments. I don't know how many of you saw the the email that I sent out there, but um, um, we do have an undercurrent continuing over from last week. Um, uh, where we raised uh, an important issue was raised uh, concerning a prominent um, uh, 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 figure in our patriot community. Um, um, there's, um, um, let's see there, um, United States of America, 1781, is a community of uh Patriots that um, uh, claim to be the legitimate constitutional de jure government of the United States of America, if I'm phrasing that correctly. I believe that's kind of self-evident from their web page. The, 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 here, I'll post a web link in the chat window to their main web page. Um, and uh, verbally, it's the United States of America, 1781.com. Um, and here's the web link in the chat window. There we go. And and um, the leader of that organization, well, uh, in, in conference last night with some of their supporters, they denied that Keith Livingway is the leader of this group. Um, um, but he's certainly a prominent spokesperson for the group, and he's highly influential. And a number of us have... have um, voice concerns that uh, under the influence of Keith Livingway, uh, this entire group is 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 actually doing more harm than good to our the the movement to restore accountable government in um, uh, for our American nation, United States of America nation, and so um, um, we're. Um, we're trying to resolve the difficulties. I, in, in the recent email I presented, I, I sent out to, key, uh, to to the United States of America 1781 group uh, through their web pages. Um, I invited people here to defend Keith Livingway and and the United States of America 1781 group, and I'd like to. Um, at this juncture, kind of taking baby steps here, the whole conference, we can go back and forth and revisit the issue here. This is basically open court proceedings. Can you hear me? And we're concerned about justice. Um, I, I'd like to invite others, especially that are uh, uh, concerned about this issue, to, to step forward and, 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 and voice their concerns. Anybody? Can you hear me? Yeah, who are you, please? I'm uh, John R. Bidoa from Montana. John? I personally know Keith. Yeah, okay. I personally know Keith Livingway. A friend, on, a person on this call invited me to come on this call. I ain't got a lot of Skype time credit on this call. Okay. But I personally know Keith Livingway. I've encountered him personally. He has a nefarious character, Sam Halpern, that's his sidekick. Keith Livingway is hiding out in Costa Rica right now because he's got federal warrants out of him. I think they got Sam. Okay. He had the county rangers up here in Montana, and those son of bitches came and tried to evict me off my property on gunpoint. Okay, they had, yeah, they, uniforms. they had uniforms and badges. This, oh, this, was, this was Keith Livingway's group? Yes, sir. Keith Livingway, Keith Livingway came up here to give a seminar. Mr. Halpern hired him to come up here to try to take me on. I'm uh -huh. kind of notorious. I'm kind of notorious up here. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but uh, right. 
but uh, I went to this conference call. I mean, I went to this. Uh, I wasn't invited to this uh, uh, seminar down at the Radisson down here. But what they did is what they were presenting a whole layout of the sheriff's manual. I got a hold of sheriff's manuals back in the day, right? Uh-huh. And their whole thing, Keith Livingway, I mean, Sam Halpern had given Keith Livingway all of my research, and they were, Sam was promoting it as his own, and all the boys that are in that meeting, all these boys that showed up and saw this, they all knew this in my data. And everybody mm-hmm. in that room, I sit in, the, I sit in the back of the room, everybody just kept looking back at me going, dude, you going to say something? And I just go ahead, you know, impre- uh, uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yeah. You know, but I, I'll tell you something. Stay away from Keith Livingway. Stay away from the U.S. Constitutions. U.S. Constitution is suspended. So are the state's uh, constitutions. We're operating under a thing called the Libra Code, General Orders 100. Okay? Well, the Constitution has been suspended, guys. Now, I, now, I've been real effective with FM 2710, Laws of Land Warfare Manual. And, and General Orders 100. You want right. to? You want to? I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys have heard of Boris. I am some dude, Boris. Um, him and I have been partners for a long time. He's got IamSomeDude.com. I put a lot of stuff on that website for him because I haven't got a website. I don't. I don't promote myself publicly. But I was asked by a friend to come on here because Keith Livingway and Sam Halpern have put more people in jail. That's why they let them run because they are putting more. All these. All these gurus out there, boys. Know this, if they're out on the seminar trail, they, they are putting more people in jail because the FBI lets them run because they're putting more people in jail than the FBI is. The only way you can learn this shit is one-on-one, okay? You can only learn this yourself. There are no gurus out there that are adequately teaching this stuff. Anybody that takes money for this, they're patriots for profit, patriot with a P-A-Y, Okay? I've been doing this shit for 20 years, and I've never sold anything. This get, it, The Bible says, freely given, freely received. And when I right receive, this stuff, receive this stuff from the universe, from the creator, I give it away for free. The only reason I'm in this game is for life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Okay? Yeah. I'm not in this for monetary gain. I can sit here and name names of all these guys out there giving big dollar seminars, and all they're going to do is get your ass in trouble. Okay? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I have uh, this associate on the call. He received some stuff today. I'm associated with a gentleman and Robert Robert Newman in England. We've been hooked up for three years. All right. And your only remedy is equity. Equity is in uh, the, the Old Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, equity is there. It's not in the New Testament, but in the New Testament, anywhere it says righteous or righteousness, that's equity. Okay. You can you can pick up a, a document. The Natures of the Rights of the SKV Trust. Equity is in that thing 83 times. And on the very back end of that thing, it says that the reason you appoint these guys as your trustee is they're supposed to be the buffer between you and the world at large. Everybody in Montana I've appointed as my trustee has quit. I'm down 26 public officials up here. All the way to hell. Um, I, I'm not sure about all your propositions, but you're sounding really good, and I would like to explore uh, uh, further interaction with you, John. I look forward to that. Well, I, you know, you know, I, I always tell people I don't want you to believe a word I'm saying. I want you to go do your own homework, and I want you to call me back and tell me I'm full of shit, and I've never got that phone call in my life. FBI <laughs> tells me to, FBI keeps. I, I'm really well acquainted with FBI. 
FBI right. will not touch me with a ten foot pole. All right. Okay. I know the head of I know the head of Joint Terrorism Task Force up here. I know the head of Homeland Security up here. I I, I have friends in low places because what I do is I educate law enforcement and I'm doing a hell of a job. All okay? right. Because my time is better spent educating law enforcement than sitting around with a bunch of patriots having screaming and yelling at me because they're ignorant. Okay. The only p- thing you guys are mad at as your own ignorance. I, I used to be real polite about this. I used to say you're misinc- misinformed, uh, miseducated. I go straight to ignorant. I, w- I quit law school over 20 years ago, and I took this hard left or right turn. And uh, everything's contract law, but you're not going to have any success in the U.S. court system. You will not. Because I, you I, get, I agree. I you agree. have to get into There's a book called The Principles and Pleadings of Equity. My buddy, I just sent it to him today, okay? And you, ha- and there's a, and you guys want to look at a guy called the Office of Public Trustee. And you, and you want to you become the executor of your will. You want to write your will in a New Testament Bible because if you write your will in a new, write it over a New Testament Bible, the barflies cannot probate your estate. Every court case in everywhere is probate because you're, you're presumed dead under the Seth KV Act of 1666. Was supposed a dead man be found to be alive, titles revested. What? My titles was ripped to me from me at birth and I have to revest it? Yeah, you do. The birth certificate is the most important thing you got. Because you want the only way you can get equity is surrender legal title. The key to this is surrender. It's an FM twenty seven ten, Laws of Land Warfare. There's Article forty three Article forty three of the Libra Code. If you surrender and admit you've been a slave all your life, they cannot return you to slavery. Article 43 of the Libra Code. Look it up. Article 38 of the Libra Code. It, it has to do with, with uh, the commanding officer issuing a receipt. That's your birth certificate. Everything in this country is held in usufruct. That's paragraph 400, FM 2710. Go on YouTube. Look at General uh, Dunford. Uh, I mean, uh, Mad Dog Mathis, December 26. Put out a video Is it at the Heritage Foundation giving a speech. The title of the YouTube is called How One, the number one, the digit one, How One Muslim Terrorist, type that in, and the first sentence that, that Bad Dog Masses says is everything in this country is held in usufruct. They know about me, and they're giving me backup. Okay? Okay. You're, you guys need yeah, you're, you're right on point. That's, you're oh, right I'm, on beyond, point. I'm beyond point, guys. There's nobody oh, yeah. up here with me. It's hard being up here on the top of the mountain of wisdom because there's nobody I can consult anymore. Point point of interest, uh, Donaldson is on the call. Hello, everybody. Don, Uh, can we finish? Thank you for your presence, but I need to wrap some stuff up here, Don. Go ahead and go. I I was just introducing myself, Charles. Quieter, I'm going to have to mute you. Um, uh, John, um, I'm going to hang up. You're you're, you're bringing a lot of chips to the table. I think you indicated that your phone is low. I do look forward to um, uh, interacting with you more in in the future. We are dedicated to facilitating discussion between people that are 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 somewhat progressed up the mountain of wisdom that you claim uh, uh, authority of, and um, uh, we're looking forward to interacting and comparing notes with you and conforming with everything of merit that you have to offer yeah i just don't want you guys wasting your time with keith Livingway. you know what a rabbit hole is there's a there's a bottom to it you don't want to go down rabbit holes you want to climb out of the hole you're in boys 
Right, right. We're on the same page there. It, it sounded like you have to go soon, though. Is that correct? No, I. You know, I. I got. I'm a wealth of knowledge. You know, you just got to know this. You know, you oh, have okay, to know. Okay, well, there's other people here that also right. claim to be on similar mountains of wisdom, and and we're dedicated to sharing the microphone in basically equal right, practices. Right. All you got to know is equity is where everybody's created equal in the eyes of God. All right. Well, I hope you can hang with us, and, and we can sharpen each other's steel here as as, as the debate, yeah, the discussion unfolds. Yeah, carry okay. on. Okay. Uh, Don, would would you like to make a cleaner introduction here? Yeah. Well, that's a lot of wisdom here. No, 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 not not you, Don Little, uh, Donaldson. Oh, okay, well, Donaldson uh, hung up. Don Little, yes, go ahead. And then I see Wonderan is also on the <laughs> conference, H.W. Golden Eagle. Um, uh, I'd like to go to her as soon as uh, Don Little. Go ahead and, and uh, complete your introduction, please, Don Little. Yeah, well, uh, there's so many hours in a day. It's 24 hours, and that's what we own. We own a clock, and everybody's on a, like a time clock. You punch in and punch out. And we punch in, and we don't have that much time, but uh, people are in a hurry and stuff. But when you digest it all, it comes back down to the people. We the people. And if you come in, and none you see is the way you got to come in the court, and the guy that I was following was doing this stuff, but uh, it has to do with equity. Everything is equity in the law. You have to know the law, and when you know the law, then you're going to be able to use it properly, and and and, and that you should do. And what we got to do is just get on that bandwagon to do it. And that's why we got to take notes and do this. And Leroy Swatson was the first guy to do that stuff. And I've had some experience there, and you have too. But uh, but there's none of your CC is where the money's at. But it's all commercial money now, which is uh, uh, derivative money. And you got to know what derivatives is. And if you do the state of, that's a derivative. It's a state of. Well, if we're in the real equity, we are the state. Don, Don. The room is the name Don. of the state. Go ahead. Don. Don, thank you for your introduction. We we, we need to share the microphone yeah. more with, with, with others. Go ahead. Here. Okay, yeah, thank you, Don. Um, thank you. And 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 Donald's son, um, uh, I cut you off earlier. Uh, would would you like to complete your introduction? Thank you, Charles. Um, hello, everybody. Donaldson, just to uh, point of that I was on the call and listening, and uh, and you know here in a supportive um, frame of of thought. So I yield the mic. Thank you. Thank you, Donaldson. Uh, Wonder Ann, would 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 you uh, like to say hi? Yes, I have two guests that are attached to my call. They're my two young birds in Iowa. They're octogenarians, and they are the military. Uh, Gerald was in the military back in the 40s and 50s, and so they have a really good story, and uh, they will share when you give them the floor. And... um, uh, Jerry is uh, his wife, who is a little go-getter, but both have had major physical operations and are slow at, uh, and keeping up with us. So they will come in when you ask. So I yield the floor, and I welcome everybody here. 
Thank you. Thank you, Wonder Ann. Um, are, are there other people that have not yet had a chance to introduce themselves that would like to do so? Yeah, this is Andrew from Michigan. A- excellent, Andrew, another very reputable patriot up there in Michigan, a hot spot for <laughs> excellent patriot activity all over. Um, Andrew, uh, emphatically, welcome to the conference. I-, I look forward to interacting with you on these issues as opportunity allows. Uh, and, this yes, is thank David. You. and this is David. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Hey, good, good. I, I would good like to hear, to hear later on, I would like to hear more from John. Um, I, I think he's got a fantastic insight with uh, equity courts. Because, hey, can I uh, give you one piece? Hey, this is John. This is John Montana. Can I give you one thing? I, I'm going to give yeah. you. I'm going to give you. Uh, this is the promised land, guys. All you have to do: look at the Uniform Attorneys Act of 1101, Power of Attorney Act. The Uniform Power of Attorney Act. You will find that reflected in your own state statutes. In Montana, it's Title 72 under trusts and estates, and all you have to do is revoke their power of attorney. That You do a revocation of power of attorney. The chief legal counsel, Secretary of State's office, I've been wrestling with his pecker wood for over a decade, and I sent him a revocation of power of attorney, and he is gone. Um, yes, everybody's operated. If you guys know yep. anything about Ken Dost, he's got the MERS agreement, the MERS Nation Bank Agreement. And in there in paragraph 5, 9 in the back, they have the irrevocable power of attorney. That's how they're all operating on us is an assumed and presumed power of attorney. And all you have to do is find in your state statutes, but it's the Uniform Power of Attorney Act, 1101, and you find it reflected in your own state statutes, and you write just all you have. I'm telling you guys, I, I can stop anything with one piece of paper. All you have to do is I, I went to court yesterday. I sent a revocation of power of attorney before I went in there, and the prosecuting attorney didn't show up. Fancy that. Yeah, I had the same thing. I had the same thing. And the last time I was in, I sent the attorney information regarding MCL law. And under Michigan Compile Law, an attorney at law cannot represent anyone in Michigan. And he wow. did not show up. And then, and then if they don't like that, if you don't like that, pal, you know what? Why don't you give me your registration statement as a foreign agent? That's 22 yeah. USC, because I yeah. think it's the Northwest Ordinance. There's two types of people in America, the, the inhabitants, and then, every, and then for essential, essential government services, they're all British agents. The bar, the British accredited. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. revoke their power of attorney, guys. Quit doing 48-page affidavits. Stop pissing up the rope. I've trimmed this down. I've been in this game for a long time. I've seen, I know everything. I've done it. I know everything that, I know everything not to do. Okay? And your only remedy is with the high chancellor of your state. And as the head justice of the Supreme Court, or in Montana here, it's in Billings Appeals Court. It's chancery. You're looking for chancery. Okay? And if you guys will look at the, uh, go to Wikipedia and type in the co- common law copyright. And if you can read it all, you're going to go. I, I copyrighted my name in 2002. You actually have common law copyright by mere use alone. And all you got to do is use that little copyright symbol. The circle right. with the C in it. Right. Yep. And, 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 
And mine is a half a million, my half a million bucks per use. Point of information to, to the speaker. Yes, ma'am. With the, uh, I just had someone tell me about that copyright situation. It was a YouTube thing. What he said, our name was copyrighted at birth. Is yeah, that by the bar, by the bar association. Okay. So they are NC. we with the way it is today, as far as some of us are a little bit over prime, and uh, are we in a, a, and I'm not doing saying this from fear factor, I'm just getting it for knowledge. Are we in default with the fact of um, using this name for all these? No, because you just years. learned about it. No, no, you yeah. just learned about it. Okay. If you just okay. learned about yeah. it, it takes effect right now the moment you became aware. Excellent. Because, see, all our, all our lives we've been – they treat us like children because we are in the kindergarten. If you look up 31 CFR 363.6, it's minor defined. A minor defined is anybody under the age of 18 or anybody over the age of 18 that hasn't claimed the securities in his or her minor account. Now, I'm not going to look at that. I have mine. I claim my minor account to Treasury. It's a little tricky, okay? You don't use your address. You use the address on the birth certificate. I mean, I won't go into this whole thing, you know? Oh, I, I don't want to take the whole show okay. here, okay? But, but the point is, you. all you have to see, it's not your property. That copyright, but, you're doing this to honor your father and mother. The fifth mandate, the fifth commandment says we're supposed to honor our father and mother. And so that, that, that name on your birth certificate is your parents' intellectual property. They had a conversation one time. What are we going to name the kid? Oh. You did. That's oh. not your name. That is not your name. That is your father's name or your mother's oh. name. Oh. And all you got to do, you don't want to have a residence. You want to change your domicile. And when you change your oh. domicile, you're domiciled with your father. Unless your father's dead, then you're domiciled with your mother because your mother's signature is on that birth certificate. What if they're deceased? May I make a comment about that? My mother's uh, address is different, excuse me, residence. My, my mother has a residence. My father has an address. And I see the difference because what I noticed is that from the ancient world, the kings always had first rights with the female, all the women in his, in his, in his realm. It's the res, resident is a property. She's a property res, of the res, state. Yeah. Res, and you know what res is? Res property. in a law dictionary. No, res in a law dictionary is an object or subject of jurisdiction. Okay? Yeah, okay. It's property. Okay. So resident is your identity right. in res. See, I that's, operate in REM. Uh, well, I it's, operate it's, in REM, not RES. Well, that's REM. Rev, Re, RES has Rem, to do with Rem, property. REM is the thing. Correct. Right. Okay. But a res, res is property by definition. Right. Okay. But but see, this is the thing. You you. This is what people. Okay. You know what ideas. You know, I'm looking for an ID. The ID is the infant decedent. That's the IRS manual, 21.7.13.3.2. The infant decedent receives the Social Security number. You're dead, guys, to the system. Right. No, what's dead 
what is dead is the corporate entity is a dead person. Well, the yeah, corporate entity is a dead person. No, because I look at it as, as uh, this realm is is that when my parents gave me my name, they gave me my first and second name, made made it unique to me. I also have a family name, which is my last name. But yeah, that name to, is to. my property. That's my property. Well, actually, it's your parents. Okay, now check it out. No, Over it was given. No, 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 it was given to me. No, it was a gift to me. Right, right. I know this, bro. I know that. Look, look. There's a very good uh, Washington State Supreme Court case. You know, you have three names. Okay, you have a legal name, which is your full name. You have your uh, uh, given name, which is actually your baptismal name of your first and middle name. Because you can't actually claim the last name because you've got thousands of cousins in this world. Okay? That's a family and the name. Third, and then the third one, well, family is, is Samulis, a group of slaves. You know what I want to say? Well, in the IRS manual, okay, in the IRS in Puerto Rico, they have an office of the director of the Hacienda. I wrote, I wrote, I signed Declaration of Independence and I sent it to the Queen of England with my birth certificate. And she sent my birth certificate back because she didn't want the liability, okay? And what it is, 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 is the, okay, the, the, <laughs> this, this is silly stuff, okay? To me, it's just silly, stupid. I don't know how, how would they pull this off. I really don't, okay? But, but this is the thing. Um, you have a minor account that you haven't claimed, okay? That's why we're all che- treated like children because you're still a child. You're an officer. You're a uh, 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 Child of the court awarded the state because you're minor defined 31 CFR 366.6. And then, and then uh, you're an infant decedent because IRS manual. And so you want to be your last name, Hacienda. And there's another thing you want to be is the number holder. That's only in the hey, IRS manual. One, that's only in the IRS manual one time. John, I have a little problem with the, the codes. The codes do not apply to Michigan or any state. The codes, the federal codes, only apply to, because they're acts of Congress, they only apply to D.C. and territories. Okay, what you got to do is just CF. You use CF. You, you bracket, lowercase c, lowercase f, back bracket. That's conforma. That's for reference purposes only. I beat them with their own sticks. I do not take their codes to help me. There's no. only two codes that are exculpatory, okay? And that's the 26 USC 508, and I have a 508 church, okay? Yeah, yeah. And the that's other fine. one is 1602 and 1611 is Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act. Okay, you don't correct. Have, I agree with that. But Title 26 is called non-positive law. It's not positive law. Title 18 in itself and Title 28, the judiciary, are both at the intro of each one of those um, documents, it states that they do not have delegated authority. They give themselves a dis- they discount their own authority in that site. The whole thing is an illusion. Have you ever heard of, uh, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Rodriguez versus U.S. Department of Labor? 1985, Ninth Circuit Court. All codes, rules, and regulations are unconstitutional, lacking due process. All code statutes and regulations are for government authorities only, not for human yeah. creators in accordance with God's laws. They don't apply See, to man. So they, they don't are, apply to all man. Got, all these federal employees are liable to these statutes. And if you use the 
you can say for reference purposes only. I do the conformer thing. It's for reference purposes only. I beat them with their own sticks, guys. Well, I do too, because I, what I do is is that understanding that their codes and procedures only apply to co- a corporate fiction. That's the only one they apply to. Damn it. They're not applied to the man. And I separate that. I separate myself out from the person. I am not the person. Man is not did the person. Know, did you know you did you know you can't sue you can't sue the city, the state, or the county? No, you you sue the individual. You the, know, the you private, sue the, the private no, man. No, no. You sue? No, you don't. They're all corporations. Hey guys, no, 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 you're talking to, no, no, you're talking, no, no. Hey, would you let me finish? Go ahead. I'm gonna hang up. I swear to God, I'll just hang up. Oh, Charles, would you mind uh, uh, intervening here? Uh, you can only you can only sue the registered agent of the corporation. I've done it. Okay. Look it up. You go to the Secretary of State's office, find out who their registered agent is. It's usually the city attorney for the city, the county attorney for the county, and the, and the attorney general. Look it up, guys, because the corporation is the 1895 uh, Supreme Court. Men can only yeah. have parity with men. Corporations can only have parity with corporations. Men and parity do not have. Okay, yes, so that's cannot you don't want to use their names because they are actors, acting city attorney, acting mm-hmm. their actors. This is a play, guys. Life is but a stage, and we're all members of this. And I'm, uh, I'm just trying to save you guys a lot of bruises, a lot of blood, and a lot of gore because I've already done it, been there, done that. John. Okay? Hey. Right, John. I agree, with you, John. I, I agree with you, John. My question, may I ask you this question about that? Um, what about the the uh, the man or the woman in their sui juris capacity? You're not sui juris. You're alieni juris. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Alien with an I, because we're all aliens. Look, Montana Code's annotated. It says at one dash one dash four hundred one is person defined. A person is either an elector in a state, or a citizen, not an elector. Okay? So we're not persons. Okay? No. But it says, people defined, 1-1-405 says, uh, people not, uh, not, uh, I, no, it says, no, persons not, no, 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 give me this, correct, let me back up. I got this wrong. What, what, a, what, a, what the people are is either a, uh, uh, a resident of another state or an alien. See that? Yeah, because then that falls under the Trading with the Enemy Act. Correct. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy in Treasury that's the office he's holding uh, all the uh, uh, alien. Uh, it's your cheated alien estates. Okay. Look it up. We're aliens. You're, you're alieni jurists. You don't want, okay. want to be sui jurists. I never liked sui jurists, and I found alieni jurists, and I hit payday. John. We've been, we've been doing so much stuff wrong for so long. John, hey, uh, just read hey, the power of attorney. Do you have any information you can you can um, send out? Um, I usually don't. You know, I have people that that I I have people that do it for me. You know, I I operate through uh, Boris. He's got I am some dude dot com. That's a hell of a website, and that's that's linked to the uh, um, underground cantina. Uh, I'm I'm not for public consumption because I I can only deal with guys that've been in the game for ten years or more. I can't go back to kindergarten anymore. You know, I just can't. It's too I frustrating. Agree. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Hey, 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 Charles, can you can you get connected to John and uh, uh, maybe I'll get some information? I'll do my best. I think um, a, a gentleman from California named Eric was in contact with John, and um, uh, yeah, he, if, yeah, and I'm in contact with my left Eric. Hand. And John, perhaps you can authorize Eric to share some more details of your contact yeah, yeah. with me. Yeah, and then later on I can share it with trusted others such as Andrew, and we can we can develop a tighter but broader loop here. The, the whole world needs to know what I know. Oh, absolutely, sir. I think we're all going to be uh, adding a value to it in whatever capacity we I mean, we might have or walking through. I mean. You know, winning court cases is one thing. Removing public officials is a whole nother genre, boys. Sounds good. John, um, I I want to emphasize that I really appreciate your counsel, and I'm sure others do here, that our conference is dedicated to sharing the microphone with... Yeah, no, go ahead and go. I just wanted to throw you guys. I had to give you that revocation of power attorney. uh, I appreciate your wise counsel, sir. Anytime, boys. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Uh, Charles, can you hear me? Yeah, Jim Blakely, a patriot from Vancouver that just recently got out of jail. Welcome, 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 Jim. Willing to assume assume the judicial office with uh, uh, the Tim Turner Group, Republic Group, I believe. Is that correct, Jim? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick comment that uh, what uh, the gentleman was saying about. a corporation can't interface with a private man, uh, flesh and blood man, and such. You can't, you know, you can't do it. Uh, Ed Johnson has the case law on that, and just sent me some of that uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, what I'm going to do after I get back, I won't be able to do it for at least a couple of hours. Uh, I'll try to do it tonight sometime, but I will send it to you, Charles. Uh, that information on that, and uh, uh, and then you can disseminate it however you see fit to whoever is interested. Right, all excellent, Jim. I appreciate right that. But the man is correct, uh, you know, and he, he referenced uh, uh, it. That is, <laughs> referenced in this document that um, uh, the attorney being a member of the bar and a legal fiction himself can interface with the court, but you and I can't. And uh, so that's that's why they say that, you know, we're not supposed to be talking. And the, 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 re- the rest of it's there. I, I'm, I'm not going to say any more about it right now because I don't want to take up any more time. But I just want to say I'm going to be sending you something, and it's going to have some powerful information in there along these lines. Thank you, Jim. Uh, It's great hearing your counsel, and I'm really glad you're out of jail. I want to publicly affirm that. And um, um, uh, we we do have a number of of very talented scholars in the group here, and and, uh, so microphone time is precious. This is part of why it's really good to interact in the chat window, because in the chat window we can't – there's no problem with talking over each other as there is verbally. And so – uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, we, we need to open it up, and I, I believe Double Eagle. Uh, I just called in from California. Double Eagle, would you like to help us interface between John from Montana and uh, the the group here? Sure, that'd be fine. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think John from Montana indicated that it was okay for you to share John's uh, uh, contact information with me, so I can in turn share it with trusted others such as Andrew. Um, well, probably uh, not contact information, but documents and things. Okay, okay. You know best there. I'll defer to your judgment. Did you want to hear anything more about him from Keith Livingway, or are you got enough? I mean, there's uh, he didn't even get to the interstate mail fraud. Well, it, it might be good to review it, especially since there's somebody in the chat window that just uh, logged in. I don't know anybody that's actually tuned in through the phone conference that's inclined to defend Mr. Livingway or that group, but... Um, uh, there is a chat window persona, persona that's presumably listening to us that is heaven reigns in the background, so they're listening. So at least um, uh, if if you think it might be constructive to review the Keith Livingway uh, uh, general indictment information, um, uh, it, it probably would, would be good for John to at least review a bit of that again. Well, well I don't know if it would be review or add more, and I wouldn't call it an indictment, but uh, if... If John is still on and wants to talk anything more, I know there's more to it. Well, I'll tell you what. Are you still there? Can you pick me up? Yep. Yeah, you're, we hear you, John. Okay, right after he left Montana, he went and gave a, a seminar down in Louisiana. Now, the problem with Louisiana is they're still under French, uh, French provisional law down there, okay? And uh, they, there's no UCC. Oh, by the way, guys, UCC is not Uniform Commercial Code. It's Uniform Copyright Code. Okay. No, I'm serious. You do your homework, boys. I have, but Keith Livingway went down there to gave a thing in a seminar. And, oh, it's, this is a sad story. He went down there and gave a seminar, and you know they were getting all these notaries to do stuff for him, you know. And uh, some note, some poor Cajun boy down there, they leaned on him so hard he committed suicide. He stuck a 44 mag in his mouth and pulled, pulled the trigger. Now, now, when when you when people start dying over this shit, it, it, it's not worth it. I hear you. Okay. And and see, like I say, that's why they let these boys run because they're putting more people in jail than the FBI can. Regarding FBI. specifics, you want to tell them about the uh, uh, interstate notary pr uh, property, uh, trying to place a lien and reclaim property and all that kind of stuff. Well, I won't go into all that sort of detail, but I'll... I'll uh, I guess um, that kind of gives an overview. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. Uh, uh, Keith Livingway has a international United Nations warrant out for my arrest, my wife's arrest, his, his brother-in-law's arrest, his sister-in-law's arrest, and our notary and his wife. What's their charges <laughs> against you? Uh, trespass. Just pass on to their land? Well, see, the thing of it is, this Sam Halpern guy, he appointed me as his trustee. And I moved on to this ranch, and the guy failed to tell me that he had an $8.9 million IRS tax lien against him. Well, I took care of the IRS about 20 years ago. Wrong venue, return to sender. Okay? U.S. tax court three times. Wrong venue, return to sender. And I haven't heard from him since. I I've, always, I've always been in the mindset that I always knew our remedy was going to be something really simple. And everything I do, because see, everything I've done, I went to law school and quit. And, and I'm the translator between the legalese and Joe Sixpack. And my goal has been to get this to where the common man can kick ass with one piece of paper and, and law, uh, have jurisdiction. The law comes out of your mouth. And I've learned sure, that I teach the kids and stuff, 
that, that uh, no, I don't understand. Do you? That's a demur. <laughs> Every time a cop asks you anything, do you understand? Or they'll say, right, okay, because they're trying to get a contract with you, trying to get you a degree. No, I don't understand. Do you? Watch what they happen. That's called a demur. You're knocking a tennis ball back in their court. But, yeah. but uh, he came to me. Keith, I think Keith Levin came to me a little siggy break during his seminar. And he says, uh, uh, do you have any contracts with Sam Halpern? And I go, what, ones he hasn't breached? <laughs> and he says, I go, are you living in his house? I don't. I go, I don't know. You're staying there. Have you seen me? <laughs> John. I'm, um, I'm out here. John. But I've had um, this part. Yeah. A, a number of us uh, have kind of primed the pump on working towards uh, 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 publicly affirming that, 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 um, we are 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 collectively uh, uh, publicly affirming that Keith Livingway is not maintaining the minimal standards necessary for a qualified elector in our American national organic body politic. The guy is batshit crazy. Okay, well, well, that sounds like you would agree that he's not maintaining the minimal standards necessary for a qualified <laughs> elector. Is that correct? <laughs> You make we, are, are you willing to allow us to affirm publicly on this uh, in this public sure, sure. Have that, man. proceeding that he's not a qualified elector? No, sir. Okay, he, uh, he, I think he, you are willing to affirm that he's not a qualified elector, correct? Oh, no, in no way, shape, or form. He he wouldn't make a pimple on an elector's ass. Okay, but you're willing to affirm that, right? Right, I'm. I man, you know what? I testify. Okay, okay. You, you you don't mind this uh, uh, on our web page that we're constructing to do this? Can we add your John from Montana identity as uh, being one of the qualified electors that affirms this? Oh, especially me. Okay, okay. Well, we we're, we're building a critical mass here. We're looking for twelve. Uh, that that's the threshold. And 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 no, others. No, are, no, well, I, we're publicly I, inviting people to come in and 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 present evidence to the contrary here. But I don't hear anybody uh, in the conference here uh, 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 defending Keith Livingway. So we're going to proceed to judgment one way or the other here, uh, and get our twelve one way or the other here based upon the evidence presented in this forum and related forums. You want to point take a minute to formally invite anyone hey, to support him? May I have speak? a point of information, please? Donaldson? Uh, uh, Don, can, can, can we hold? Well, a point of information does supersede, I believe, Roberts. Uh, uh, but uh, double legal, uh, just a moment, please, Don. What, what's your point of information? I would. Um, I mentioned. I mentioned to you previously about having he's giving them an opportunity to cure by coming on and, and explaining his actions to everyone. Yes. And I think that that's still probably one viable option for remedy. Um, and, you know, despite all the, um, I've seen some things that I disagreed with, but really like to hear from the man. I, I yield the mic on that. Thank you. Uh, as a way of response to that, just brief, uh, I have, uh, as of th two and a half days ago, um, uh, I, I, I made good faith efforts through Mr. The, the web pages related to Mr. Libby Way's group. I, 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 I 
I posted uh, commentary there notifying with the proceedings this evening. So good faith efforts, public notice has been given to Mr. Livingway and his associates. And in fact, uh, the related Reign of Heavens uh, 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 group, uh, uh, there's somebody in the chat window right now uh, under that. And, and, and I invite him or anybody else relating to Mr. Livingway right now to call in and, and just uh, to verbally tie that up. If there's anybody here that's uh, prepared to actually defend Mr. Livingway, please please voice your uh, uh, defensive you, you, while well, you're, you're who you are uh, basically and uh, uh, please uh, at least make yourself known. We can't get into the details right now, but we will create plenty of opportunity for you to present your uh, argument in support of Keith Livingway. Is there anybody just briefly here that is is uh, inclined to uh, speak on defense of Mr. Livingway? Anyone? Hearing none. Um, uh, um, um, uh, who is uh, double eagle? I think um, um, uh, you were you were trying to make some commentary. I think you're next in line under our Robert's rules of order. I'd like to revisit Wondered Ann uh, directly thereafter. But right now, um, uh, Mr. Um, double eagle, you've got the floor. I apologize for not saying point of information. My my, what I wanted to say was exactly what you did a minute ago. Uh, five or ten seconds of silence, uh, inviting anyone supporting Keith Livingway to speak up, and I yield. Thank you, thank you. This is this is an essential due process of law. This is where we do a key phrase that I like to um, uh, focus on. Uh, uh, it's in the definition of a fair trial in Black's Law Dictionary. It's called judicial calm. Okay, we need that five or ten seconds for uh, 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 people that have dissenting opinions to feel comfortable to step forward without fear of co any kind of retaliation or intimidation, like, like they're going to get a fair opportunity to have their say. And again, anybody defending Keith Livingway, please step forward and, and, and state your defense now. Hearing no commentary in defense of Keith Livingway, Wonder Ann, uh, how are you doing, sister? Um, uh, how, how do you think the discussion's unfolding so far? Well, I'm fascinated by this gentleman and what he's bringing out because yeah. I could not understand the equity side, and I'm, I'm not the best researcher, so I really am very thrilled with him bringing out this where I'm grasping a whole new viewpoint. I want to be a student at his elbow for what he's giving us in information. And I would look forward to any class or anything that, or documentation that I can learn and uh, utilize because I'm at that point of doing a power of attorney for, the so, uh, for Social Security and for other objectives. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about what you brought forward. I yield. Thank uh, you, Uh Greetings. Uh, Charles, can you hear me? Yes. Who, who's talking, please? Yes, greetings. Uh, I discovered, I <laughs> uh, heard you first for the first time yesterday on Angela's call, I believe. I, I believe I'm at the right place. Uh, I just wanted to confirm that. Yes. Please identify yourself, sir. Great. I go by, my name is, uh, I go by the Greek, a very long Greek name, so... I'm known as the Greek. I'm in uh, what's called uh, part of the Earth's Tucson, Arizona. 
and um, I'm just convalescing, and I'm just uh, listening to things, and I heard about what you were talking about at the tail end of the call. I just wanted to bring up the corruption aspect that was brought up uh, last night. Most people are not familiar with what I'm referring to. It was another call. And uh, I've been speaking on this uh, for over a decade. Uh, and what I'd like to do is give a perspective, uh, that, uh, like watching a parade from a helicopter instead of, instead of standing on the sidewalk watching it go by, where you can see it all at once. <clears throat> Uh, I also want to make just a couple of comments because what I have to say is very lengthy, but in order to affect this group directly, the topics that I cover is uh, where the law comes from, what it's about, how mankind deals with law, uh, the system of pranking, the cosmic censorship, basically avoidance of a trap is uh, knowledge of its existence. And uh, also I talk a lot about you know the, the matters of the gods. Uh, they're uh, unfortunately... Most people in the West uh, think that the King James Bible or whatever English Bible they have is a true translation where if you read the introduction, they'll tell you it's not. So I've gone back to the ancient writs, um, and I found that what people uh, put their faith in is very erroneous. Um, uh, so these things I discuss, like an example, everyone's asking for justice, and uh, people fail to realize that justice is the personification of the revived goddess religion. Uh, it never claims to have anything to do with law. And they, um, it, what's interesting about that is when I run into someone who is an atheist, they say, well, Greek, I don't believe in any god, uh, so your theory falls apart. And I say, well, your, your law comes from your god. And if you believe in the laws of the state, well, the state is your god, and April 1st is your holiday. And they also provide you a god, you see. So this is uh, things that I've looked into. Uh, also, because I found out also if you folks are listening to me, you should agree to the point that most of the people in the so-called patriot movement that have studied this know more than a, a lot more than attorneys and public officials do. And the re only reason why is because this is a system of pranking that has been set up for over 2,500 years, and I, and I show how that was been done. That's why most people do the right thing but end up with the wrong thing in the end is the outcome because they don't understand it's a prank. Um, and the, so I just want to yield, I want to yield the floor. Then that's where the corruption comes from. I give a little bit of your history uh, as a society. Uh, people say, "Greek, how do you, you know, how, why do you look at it this way?" I see because I look for pure objectivity, and I also like to get a high vantage point. You know, you either stand on the sidewalk, wait eight hours for the parade, and discuss each float, or you get in a helicopter and you see the front of the parade and the other parade in one shot. And I believe that, that there's very little objectivity, and, and it, it appears to be a battlefield out there, and uh, you've got to keep your powder dry. And the other thing is there's something about the seventh day of rest, and the reason for that was so you can stop and reflect on what you're doing, but you can't go back and reflect on the same stuff. And everyone's looking at the hare, not the animal that it came from. And I want to talk about the animal that it came from so you can go back and restructure and understand you don't, you, you don't have to have this much grief about it. Uh, I notice a lot of angst, a lot of emotion in this, and it's on both sides, uh, meaning the, the corruptors and the corruptees. Uh, and what people fail to realize is that uh, they're under cosmic censorship. The gods have decided to close the eyes and ears of mankind, and I try to discuss a list of things that they prevent men from seeing. So I said that all in about two breaths. So I want to just yield um, because um, I, I do speak, I've been speaking on this for over 10 years. I, I do not desire to be public, but I do desire to offer it. Um, and, and I offer it for selfish reasons. So later on, no one can say, Greek, you knew this stuff and you didn't tell anyone. So I'm going to yield right there. And if you'd like me to uh, open this uh, windpipe again, I will. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Greek.
Um, very interesting and, and valuable insight that I'm inclined to appreciate. Uh, comments or questions, anybody? Microphone's open for a moment here. Uh, I, this is Andrew. I definitely agree uh, w with the Greek. Um, I've done my own research, and what he's uh, talking about is the curse that covers the earth, and it has blinded all of us, all mankind. So I, I would appreciate listening to more of what he has to say, and if he had some material that he could pass out, I think it would be benefit for uh, all the listeners. Uh, may I interject on that, please? Uh, I used yes. to do uh, a radio. I have a site called www.uncommonradio.com. It's the first one that shows up in a search. I currently only have about 40 hours of archives on there. Um, and the premise of myself speaking also, I give several premises. One is to be objective. The other one is so I cannot be held guilty for knowing and not speaking. And the other, one, the other premise that I give is that I'm just visiting this planet taking notes. I have to yeah. leave what I like or dislike out of it. In other words, what I, you'll find me saying is if everybody wants to make this world a paradise tomorrow, it's fine with me. If everyone wants to kill each other tomorrow, it's fine with me. I'm just going to set myself apart from everyone either way, right? Because when you read in the, what's called, um, I'll give you a quick example. If someone gives you a free airplane ticket to go anywhere in the world and they give you three places to sit, coach, business, or first class, where are you going to sit? It's free. Uh, and, and I notice most people decide to scrunch up and, and coach where they could have first class. And what I mean by that is when you look at the ancient writs, now most because everyone thinks we have little silly phones and all this other stuff, and I'm waiting for people to be smart and phones to be dumb again, but that we're so advanced and all the ancients were idiots, and they're not. And there is a society of the gods. They are not uh, tangible to us now. And their society has a hierarchy just like we do in the military, and the most high god is the family that he's making is us. And just like if you're familiar with the book of Job, go do, go do whatever you want, just don't kill them. And that's the influence that mankind has been under for a long time. And no, you do not know what it says in those scriptures if you just read the English. Now, the other point I want to just make is that um, the, uh, when people do things subjectively, and like for example, everyone is subject to the laws of this system whether it's righteous or not, because the gods are supporting it. How do you know you're supporting it? They have the weapons. Now, being subject to a, a malevolent system is not necessarily the doom and end, but it's the doom and end when you are harmed and punished by it. There's a difference, you see. Now, most of the people that I've seen in the so-called patriot community are getting involved because they are the latter. They've been punished and harmed. But most of the laity, the laymen on the street, don't mind being subject to it until they are harmed and punished. You see? That's why I also say avoidance of a trap is knowledge of its existence. Because once you know it's, there's a trap there, it's no longer a trap, is it? Now it is a tragedy. So what I would like to just uh, speak on is always archived. I mean, uh, uh, on Uncommon Radio, uh, some of it I'll be putting more, and I'll be doing a podcast in the future. But the problem that I see is there's a lack of comprehension. Most people that are studying what's called lawful and legal matters discover that there is an entire new vocabulary with different definitions, um, almost a different language in legalese. That is part of what I call the pranking system. For example, if we visited another planet and noticed that the biggest industry on the planet was Kevlar underwear, and we discovered the reason why the, the biggest industry was Kevlar underwear is because it was customary to put thumbtacks on the seats before they sat down. 
This is how this is how ridiculous this planet is right now. And it doesn't matter where if you're in Iraq, Russia, Colombia, America, Canada. What I let me just cut, I'm bouncing around here a lot. Every spiritual entity on the other side has boots on the ground representation here on Earth. Just like we call them ignorant natives or whatever, you know, the savages, how the Westerners call the native people. You know, they built totem poles to the river of the bird, the river of the the god of the river, the god of the bird, the god of the bear. They, no, they're not. Uh, that was quite real. The give you an example. The chief adversary against mankind, his boots on the ground representors are the attorneys. Um, their purpose is to, if you say pretty, they say ugly. If you say dark, they say light. If you say good, they say bad. Uh, that's all the adversary does. If you um, go to turn on court TV in Israel, the prosecutor and the attorneys are always introduced as ha-satan, the Satan. That is normal, you see. But in English, when you say that, it doesn't sound normal. So what, a lot of the things that I say try to transcend what you think is normal or not and just say what it is. The thing that is killing people directly is that they are partaking in the revived ancient goddess religion known as justice. It was procured through the West by the Roman emperors known as Justinians. There were many there. They took, started taking on that name because that was their chief goddess. Previous to that, the ancient Greeks, their goddess was Dike, D-I-K-E. It destroyed them as well. And before that, it was Mot, the same goddess, different names. And that's why when people are asking for justice, it doesn't end up well, or it's a goddess religion. Basically, you are serving justice, you're brought to justice as obstruction of justice, miscarriage of justice. There is no mention of law. But, but because law, law comes from your God, it comes from her. So you must understand the goddess religion and its workings. And I'll yield. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I agree. I, yes, I'd yes. like to briefly respond. Um, I, I, I would beg to differ, and, and when, when, as the conversation uh, uh, intensity competition for the microphone here decreases, I would like to explore that issue with justice more fully. I do believe justice is a good word, and that the Greek is basically uh, uh, making an error there. Uh, I hold him in high regard. He's obviously an advanced scholar, but I think we need to move on, and hopefully we can revisit that issue concerning justice at another time. Did I hear somebody else uh, trying to uh, uh, gain the, the microphone here? Uh, no, I'm on just I was just making Excuse a point me. of order. Um, I was wondering how the Greeks' uh, conversation was uh, linked or had um, an overview or third party aerial view of the topic at hand, which was the Keith Livingway issue. I just wanted to keep uh, on, on point. Uh, I had heard Thank about Keith. Chug. Go ahead. I, had, oh, I heard about Keith back in 2008. Uh, some people had uh, invited me to some of the conference calls. I noticed that on the surface, uh, I have, I'm neither to defend, I'll be neutral. I'm not for or against him, but what I'm going to say is on the surface, it sounded very good. But as you got deeper to procuring things that had substance, uh, it fell apart. So I had a very short interaction. In other words, uh, more detail on that would be they were interested in the scripture. They didn't want to bring up things that they didn't like about it. Right, because they didn't like something you can't. You know, they don't want to, do, even though it's in the scripture and various other things uh, like that. So I just wanted to uh, state that. So uh, I, I understand that tonight's purpose is that. So uh, I'll yield. Thank you, Greek. 
Uh, did did that shed the light you were seeking, David? Uh, not at all. Um, uh, am I to, in trying to repeat back what I think I heard, um, is he saying that that there's something in the scriptures that that the more that we were talking about Keith Living Way and coming up with the facts that that the scriptures somehow diminished what it is that we were talking No, uh, my my only experience with Keith was I was brought on as sort of a Bible guru, and when I brought up points that they didn't like that were in Scripture, they just uh, omitted them because they didn't personally like them. So I I found that I had to just retract from that entire organization or group at the time. This is almost a decade ago. Oh, thank you. Okay, so so you had a personal experience then with, with... Mr. Livingway. Uh, on conference call, someone had troubles with foreclosure, and uh, they asked me, if, "What do I think of this conference call that he had?" And I went on it a few times, and uh, I, I was making corrections about things they were quoting out of the Bible that were not in the Bible, and uh, and that led to, to several more interest in my work. And I found out that there's a difference between someone saying they're interested and really being interested, if you know what I mean. <laughs> So much. I appreciate those points of clarity, uh, and that You're is interesting. Given that uh, his website is called Reign of the Heavens, uh, I yield. Thank you. Thank you, um, uh, Greg. Uh, uh, would Would you have an opinion about whether or not Mr. Livingway uh, should be recognized by our general body politic uh, as a qualified elector? No opinion. I, I'm just I, like I said. This is. Uh, I heard about uh, I heard you speak on Angelo's call, and here I figured I'd interject some of these things as a litmus test to see how the surface dwelling earth inhabitants can do with this information. And regarding Keith Livingway, just coincidental that I had some experience over a decade ago. I'm not aware of any electorate or any. I don't know how well, much it's progressed to that point. So I have to inform okay. myself a little more. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I, I appreciate your your insights and 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 the wisdom you're bringing to the table to share with us all. Um, I would like to briefly, before I open up the discussion more fully again, um, I'd like to uh, uh, ask if there's anybody that hasn't publicly declared that they believe that East Living Way is not a qualified elector or is a qualified elector either way, but is willing to publicly take a stand with regard to their feelings on in response to that proposition, uh, please uh, uh, declare that now so that, so that we can c- start compiling uh, the list of people that are willing to speak out on the subject in pursuit of um, uh, truth and natural organic justice on uh, uh, with regard to Keith Livingway's influence on our Patriot community. Point of information. Uh, is that you, uh, David? David? Yeah, yeah I just ahead, wanted David. to, for, for the, so that we're all on the same page, uh, would you mind giving a, a, um, a concise statement on what constitutes a qualified elector? Uh, yeah. Uh, anybody else feel like volunteering there? I can do it also. Um, if nobody's competing for the mic, I'll, uh, a qualified elector is well. Qualified electors are decided uh, 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 by people other than the qualified elector bearing witness that the the person in question 
is maintaining such honorable behavior and has established such honorable reputation in their community that he is uh, he or she is is uh, 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 sincere about their pursuit of truth and natural organic justice um, uh, and peace for the common people. Um, uh, and, and people that are that are taking us off chasing rabbits or or uh, uh, proposing solutions that are blowing up in people's faces and, and causing them to go to jail, people like that are 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 not within the boundaries of a qualified elector, generally speaking. Uh, and, and it comes down to the the opinion of the reasonable people that surround each person. And if you've got reasonable people surrounding you that affirm that you're a qualified elector, then you're probably going to be recognized by the larger community as a qualified elector. But um, uh, everybody has the right to challenge anybody's qualified elector status. At least every qualified elector has the right to challenge anybody else's qualified elector status. And that's what's going on here. I believe I've got enough witnesses to affirm that I'm a qualified elector, and I'm actually the one that that prompted the uh, general indictment against Mr. Livingway because of the discussion going there and my own personal experience with him. And so, um, um, uh, yeah, I think I summarized the definition of a qualified elector there, and at that point I would like to yield the microphone for others willing to um, uh, pursue the issue further to branch out into other related issues. I yield. One more point of uh, further clarification. Uh, I do know that the the Constitution uh, has capital E elector, and I was just wondering if uh, there is any parallel, if there's any um, connection to the Constitution with with regard or in common law or, you know, where where the elector that you just described, how that fits with, with or without uh, the capital E elector that uh, we see in the written Constitution. Thank you, David. Um, 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 for reference, uh, the reference to the capital E, um, I believe once you start talking about electors and qualified electors, you're firmly in organic common law jurisdiction, and there's no such thing as a de facto elector. Um, but um, uh, uh, the the the, the they're under the the constitution is referring to the common law jurisdiction when it's um uh talking about electors and um uh from there um um we're into solid natural organic process i i may have lost track of the essence of your point there david am i addressing your issue or did i stray uh, well, no, I think so. And the more I think about it, uh, it, you know, at the time of the Constitution was written, the what qualified an elector uh, it was is certainly different uh, then, uh, was different then than what qualifies an elector now, I would assume. Uh, you know, back then it was the white property owner, uh, you know, the aristocracy, et cetera, um, or, you know, in, at some point uh, those who, are you know running for office as an elector you know to to Congress or something, um, so I just uh, uh, I'm I'm just trying to that my familiarity with the term elector and I just wanted to get a little bit more insight. And if anybody has anything to add, I'd appreciate that too. Thank you. 
Okay. I, I'd like to recap what we're doing with uh, uh, efforts to focus on Mr. Livingway here. And to be clear, that there, there's a number of other people that are similarly problematic um, uh, in, in my view and the view of others. But this is an effort to rather prime the pump for for bringing forth this kind of process so that we can, you know, use similar process against Hillary Clinton and all kinds of other people that are causing all kinds of problems at all different levels of our American or national organic body politic. Um, um, and, and, and so, um, um, what we're looking at is is we claim generally Mr. Livingway and others in in our various groups circling around us here are are all claiming to be honorable patriots concerned about the general welfare of our our American national common people community and um 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 uh they're under uh we collectively all of our groups have a duty uh, to to participate in what's referred to as quote responsible self governing unquote within our own communities and and that and we need to 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 to, to clean out to do do regular house cleaning to to do inventory and when there's people behind us that are behind the curve in comprehending the fundamental principles of of uh, uh, American constitutional government in its organic sense, not the written lex scripta document of 1789, uh, but but. Organic constitutional governing requires the body politic, the organic body politic, to have a decision-making process, a judgmental process, wherein we make decisions about who is honorably concerned about the welfare of the people, American people, and who else is not an orga- uh, a qualified elector within our organic body politic, because they're either too stupid or else they're outright subversive and evil of, of the best interests of the American people. Um, and so we got duties to clean house and filter out the riffraff, uh, uh, and, and that's in essence what we're trying to move forward here with, and that's our only motive. And if we're wrong about Mr. Livingway, we invite anybody to step forward and defend him again for at least the third time in this conference, but we're not hearing anybody, it seems, so far. Um, uh, so we're, we're, we're going ahead and we're assembling names. Once we get 12, we're going to start publicly proclaiming that Keith Livingway and, and, and anybody else like Hillary Clinton uh, and others, numerous others, uh, the Bushes, 911, all of these people deserve to be on a list, a public list, with 12 courageous people saying these people are subversive of our American national security and best interests, and they're under, we're publishing the list, and we don't care if they send in a drone to assassinate us or whatever happens. We're standing up for godly truth and justice here. And that's the purpose. Hey, Charlie. Uh, I yield. Yeah, go ahead. Charlie. John, hey, listen, I, I didn't realize I was coming in, like, giving testimony. So so to reaffirm my my, my, testif- my testimony as a witness, I, yeah. I'd, I'd like, I, I'm going to go ahead. and uh, I'm not going to be under oath because the Bible says take no oath. But what I do, okay. I've learned uh, uh, about the Quaker oath. It's called an asseveration. Okay. okay. Uh, an asseveration. And let me say it. I, I, I'm calling upon my Father in Heaven to be the witness of my truths. I want Him to be the judge of my truths, and I want Him to be the avenger against those who stand against my truths. Selah. 
<laughs> yes. Amen. Now I was under separation. Now I'm backing that up. I should have done that before. You should always say that. You know when you, you do a, a Jew rat, you know, under oath? Yeah. Yeah. You put the Jew rat at the you put the Jew rat at the top of the page because it says you know, subscribe below. Well, you don't put that at the bottom of the page because everything you're going to testify is going to be under the Jew rat because subscribed is written below, right? Yeah. Okay. You put this Jew rat, and, and so that's what I do. This asseveration, and I have my I have my notary serve me in every time before I sign anything. I say this. He has got a little card, and he and he says, "Do you?" Call upon your father and your father in heaven to be the witness of your truths, the judge of your truths, and the avenger against your who's those who stand against your truths. And I say I do, and then it's an official. See that no notaries swear you in. Mm-hmm. They never do. Yeah. This yeah, just point, of, point of information on that. Uh, Wonder Yeah, uh, I have read two things regarding the. Uh, um, notary public the notary public is part of the maritime there are no real true notaries who are the ones that are really of the land and uh, when you put your name under the notary that notary public pardon me they have more power than you do and I don't believe that's really what you're doing unless there's a lot of misinformation out there. And uh, I will yield uh, to get that responded, but I do have something to say about Keith Livingway when you get back on topic. I yield. Actually, we're all foreign notaries. You just take and put notary by your name. You're not a notary public. You're a notary. And you, and you okay. and what notary is, is airy, is having to do with. It's having to do with... Taking note. You're making a note. Notary means having to do with, areas having to do with, a note. And a note is public notice. It's it's Oregon Revised Statutes. They talk about foreign notaries because we're all foreign to the system. We're aliens. Alieni Juris. Okay. There's more information. And see your note... The reason you want your notary public is just he's an expert witness for the system because he's a deputy secretary of state. And when you get three notaries, that's recognized in international law as a tribunal. It is a judgment. Do your homework. Do your homework. Different viewpoint. Yeah, different viewpoint. Thank you. Different uh, date. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. A point of order, I, I believe that I heard that um, uh, 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 John was going to uh, testify after having given that oath, and then uh, a Wonder Woman was going to do something similar. Wonder Anne. Thank you. Thank you. So what order do you want to do it, Charles? Well, um, David seemed under the impression that John might have some more testimony first. No, is, is no, no. Or... What, actually, the reason I did that, because it's a Roman maxim of law that what follows controls what precedes. What I do, and I'm not putting this in writing in a notary's office, okay? Right. 
because I put the Jew right at the top. This was this was this was verbal testimony. I didn't realize that this was the phase and level. I thought we were just gonna have a chitty chat about Keith, but but knowing that I re- realized there's a quorum, I went ahead and served myself in and made you know that that testimony was given under an asseveration. Very good. Okay, I just wanted to confirm re. Let's call it reaffirmation. How about that? That's a good wording. Yes. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to make a point of order. I wanted this solid. Thank you. Love that. Uh, Wonder Anne, did did you want to continue with your testimony? Uh, my testimony about uh, Keith Livingway, I have had two, actually three different, uh, not time frames. It was all one right after the other. But I met Keith Livingway when he was living in Kentucky, and he did an excellent job of having read the all the statutes, we did a um, po- not a PowerPoint. We did a um, oh, what do you call those things where you have the film and he shows it to you. And I took that and went around the country and showed people how the statutes had been changed and why we weren't aware of it. I.e., it was the war. And, and what happened in that change from 38 into 45 and the, how the wool was pulled over our head. Then he, uh, on the way back from one of those uh, presentations, people were very receptive to this knowledge. And when I was coming back from it, uh, he had a secret meeting to exclude some of us participants in that first um, oh, what you, webinar, the webinar that we did. And with his excluding people, it was like, why are you excluding them was my question. And uh, he didn't know I was listening in. And I listened in, and then I talked to my group, little group of people from South Carolina, and we we presented ourselves as wanting to learn what it was. And he had gone international. He had gotten some of these people that had their own little states and gotten them presented. And then uh, we were doing it in South Carolina. And a lady decided to go and join him personally and excluded us, the people who bought her in, uh, from our bringing in the state of South Carolina Republic or Republic of South Carolina. We did all the necessary paperwork, but he totally excluded us. Now, I'm not saying this as a sore point. I'm saying it as a point of when people work together, get the results they want, and then because of someone this lady from South Carolina gave a very bad presentation of who we were because we had not included her. She had gone her way. We agreed. You can go your way. This is America. And um, so we did all our hard work and then were totally, totally uh, X'd out. And that's part of his regular way of doing <laughs> with people 
He sets it up, gets it going, and then he will change a different stream. And we, I saw it three times in this very one time I was with him. Uh, I, I have not followed him, and we're talking. I did those travel around probably in, um, well, I'm trying to think. It had to be probably in 10, 9, 10, or 11. And it was uh, very disappointing to see that kind of betrayal. And I think that's a point that if he's going to represent his community, how is he going to deal with his community if he does that as a standard operating procedure? Uh, therefore, I yield. Thank you, Charlie. Great Charlie, testimony. Charlie, yes, sir. Charlie, one more thing. Uh, I was just looking for a phone number. I I, I can't find it. Uh, back in the day, this is probably uh, eight, ten years ago, uh, when Bob Fanning and Joel Bonick were running for the governorship up here, I went, I'm personal friends with Joel, and I went to meet him down here at the Lincoln Reagan dinner, Republican thing, and they had this little girl in tow with her, Julie. And she was, and, and she came up here because uh, she found out through Joel that I knew this living way character. Well, she was doing the living way stuff, and she got in a bunch of trouble down there in southwest Montana. And she gave, she came and she came looking for me because she wanted to know how to get a hold of these guys. Because and I told her I didn't know, I just knew them. But uh, she gave them fifty thousand dollars to help oh, her wow. help out, and she never saw them again. Whoa, Sam, Sam and Keith. So, you know, buyer beware. I mean, like I, this is here. This is admittedly hearsay. Yeah, I'd rather have her say this. But this was my conversation with this little girl. All right. So. Well, I, I'm, even hearsay, it's it's it, it, it's not solid evidence, but it it is. Uh, uh, juries jurors have the right to hear what the general uh, uh, common knowledge um, uh, in the community seems to be shared through hearsay. I mean, if necessary, I can chase her down and have it come from the horse's mouth. I don't think we're to a point where that's necessary, but it might be um, worthy to shore up our general indictment in the future there, John. I just wanted to throw that ball in because she mind-sprung me when she was talking about her girlfriends, you know? Yeah, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Well, I appreciate you sharing it. I'm sure others here do also. Okay, good. Um. Floor's open for the moment. Uh, anybody have anything that they would like to uh, uh, bring to the table? Well, this is David um, dealing with um, last week's conversation. I did have a little of my own uh, statements to make of my personal experiences with uh, Living Way. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I've got a lot of facts lined up that uh, that I had presented through the uh, the what their living ways of group is calling the United States of America 1781, 
and uh, and they had a uh, uh, I brought things through um, John Rowe, who was in association with with Living Way and others, uh, and some of um, whom I appreciate and have been in a, also in an association with myself, uh, such as Don Boxley. Um, and um, anyway, I had presented hard, cold facts uh, with regard to a situation that occurred to me in 2012, um, being uh, uh, falsely imprisoned uh, as a court watcher, just uh, just pulled, plucked out of a, a courtroom and placed in, straight into a, a, a prison um six counties away by a judicial usurper uh, and um, with my not having disrupted anything, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I had, uh, because I was one of other court watchers, uh, there was uh, uh, written testimony of that uh, under notary uh, back in 2012 when this occurred. Um, in three years of my not being able to find any uh, attorney to, to, to on this case, I decided to take the case myself to a federal court. Um, went through a year and a half of, of litigation uh, or attempted litigation, and uh, only to be stonewalled by the court and by the judges and, and the federal judges, and ultimately had the case closed down against me by a 92-year-old uh so-called judge, uh, federal judge, and uh, with with that having been shut down and, and me writing my own writs of errors and all this other kind of stuff to deal with what we know now is domestic terrorism, um, <clears throat> I took all of these points of fact, and, uh, as, as many as John Rowe wanted to present to a tribunal associated with, John, with uh, Living Way. And um, this was about a year ago, and, uh, and you know, uh, by my simply wanting to know what the heck is going on with this, um, Living Way decided to interject his uh, two cents worth uh, mm-hmm. to tell me that uh, basically I'm I'm half full of shit, uh, you know, in so many words, his words. And that uh, my claims, <clears throat> my claims really aren't worth a hill of beans, and uh, and and you know kind of leave it at that. And then uh, at, at another point, he uh, he wrote me an email telling me here's the way the tribunal works, and he gave me about an eight-step plan, of none of which I was seeing was actually being ex- executed <clears throat> either before or after uh, that. And by my simply asking more questions about, you know, somebody come up with some, some you know, rubber hitting the road here because I'm not seeing anything that is viable in this whole tribunal process. Nobody's filling me in on anything, and I'm the so-called victim, and, you know, I, I have a right to be informed. I'm the one that pr- furnished all these facts. And uh, Living Way decided to uh, to uh, apparently, at least by the email that I, I sent out, and I think Charles got a copy of it, uh, uh, John Rowe wrote me um, an email about three weeks ago. Uh, Private Attorney General is where I met him from, Private Attorney General across America, and also uh, he was uh, associated with Living Way's uh, and this tribunal's 
group called the uh, Human Rights Defenders. They, they, you know, pseudo lawyers, you might say. And uh, um, basically, uh, Living Way uh, uh, wrote me. To, well, uh, apparently, John had written me to tell me that he got word that my asking all these questions, as he put it, pissed them off. And yes. apparently, when 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 Living Way gets pissed off, then all hell breaks loose and everybody's you know falls down in homage and does what he wants done. And you know it, it was right at that very time that that John Rowe had written me that I also got an email from from Living Way directly uh, that uh, he basically just said. Uh, don't bother to call to contact the the United States of America, seventeen eighty one anymore or something similar to that. So you know, uh, and and John Rowe had basically said Living Way had shut down a ten million dollar case, and uh, I decided to respond to that a couple of days ago, basically saying, you know, that that constitutes obstruction of justice, uh, whether it's in the human rights. Uh, Arena, whether it's uh, the Hague or anywhere else, that this this shutdown is taking place. It's an obstruction of justice. It's a uh, uh, you know misprison of felony uh, because th- these are felonies that were created uh, committed against me. Uh, and you know I was trying to follow a process that they were had presented to me through John Rowe, and all I was asking was you know basically. In the words of the the famous commercial uh, Wendy's commercial, "Where's the beef?" You know, why am I being left in the dark when I've provided you with all these facts, and then you you've changed. You know, John Rowe came back to me with he wanted more and more and more, and and telling me this process is taking place. Then I get then I get written process from from Living Way himself that's totally different from what I'm getting from John Rowe, and I'm getting hearsay mm-hmm. from. To other people and, and Don Boxley saying contact so and so and then that so and so says contact somebody else and you know and nobody's nobody's being straightforward with me and that's all I was asking for was information. Are you? Thank you. Thank you, David. Um, any comments or questions to follow up on David's testimony there? Um, I, I just posted web links in the TalkShoe conference again to show that um, uh, there's a public notice delivered to Keith Livingway two and a half days ago or so, um, uh, inviting him and his supporters to come and uh, um, uh, counter such testimony as David's uh, and, and others, Wonderands and, 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 and John's from Montana and, and others, including myself. I've got my own testimony with Mr. Livingway. I went into their forums, hat in hand, being respectful uh, uh, and, 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 and deferring to a lot of their uh, uh, rat maze gobbledygook that they want you to jump through all kinds of hoops to um, uh, be part of their community. I did a lot of it. But um, uh, when, when I started raising issues about common law and due process and, and fundamental rights, I, I was also viewed as a troublemaker. I was I was I was uh, uh, let let know. I was 
It, it was made known to me in no uncertain terms that I need to, to quit asking so many questions and start assimilating the program that was coming from the leadership therein. Uh, that, that, that was the clear vibes that were given to me, and there's no room for any dissenting opinions other than maybe perhaps dotting I's and crossing T's and little trivial stuff like that is the only kind of constructive criticism that was going to be allowed therein. And, and you know, I tried to work around it for some period of time, but uh, the, the, the rock-solid wall of, of despotic authority was just too solid to even try to make chips in, and so I just backed off. Um, but I, I believe the general spirit there is of obstruction of justice. I was trying to talk to them about ways they're proceeding in The Hague and, and all kinds of things like that, whether or not they're, they're doing their strategy in, a, in an efficient and lawful manner. They didn't want to hear about it. I'm just a little uh, uh, goofball with uh, too big an ego and too small a brain, uh, in their opinion, apparently. Uh, and, and so I, I was, uh, all of my concerns were disrespected, uh, and, and that is not the way a common law monarch should behave. It's not the way any type of leader of any honorable organization that's concerned about uh, honorable, accountable government for our American people should behave. And thereunder, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the formal one bringing forth the complaint, and others like David and Wonder Ann uh, 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 in last week's conference uh, affirmed their support. And so uh, we put together the documents notifying him of this proceeding, and, and we're going to pursue this to its, its honorable, righteous end here. Um, um, and, and if we get proven wrong, I'm sure Wonder Ann and, uh, and David will readjust their viewpoints. But so far, the evidence before this court indicates that we've got serious problems with Keith Livingway, and we're going to proceed to a judgment unless somebody else shows us why we shouldn't. Uh, David or anybody else have comments, sir? Yes, I just wanted to add that uh, that message that I sent out a couple of days ago uh, to include you, Charles, uh, I didn't have everybody else's uh, email address, but uh, I did also include Living Way himself, and, uh, as I had addressed uh, John Rowe, uh, but I did copy uh, Living Way as well. So uh, he and and I included the information in that email about tonight's call, uh, verbatim, uh, a cut and paste from your email. So uh, I do know for a fact that Living Way got this information directly uh, about this call this evening. Excellent. And, and there under, it's worthy to note that nobody appears to be here defending Mr. Livingway, and, and the presumption that this is normal, honorable due process is that when people have been notified of complaints against them and they refuse to appear and defend, we're not presuming anything. We're not like the de facto courts where if, 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 if you appear, all of a sudden they're believing that you've, you've consented to uh, 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 some tyrannical, unlawful uh, jurisdiction being asserted. We're not trying to play any games like this. This is just simple grassroots common law due process. We're only seeking justice and accountability here. That's all that's going on. But, and that was clear in our notices, and even with all that uh, presented to them, gee whiz, they're not appearing and defending. Why don't they appear and defend in open court? 
that the only logical presumption is because the charges uh, uh, presented here are, are uh, the evidence is overwhelming, that the charges are true, and, and they're creatures of darkness, it would seem to me, and, and they're under the fear of the light of day that's coming through in open public discussions like this. I yield. Point of information? Yes. Uh, Orpha, Orpha from Illinois. There we go. Good to um, hear your voice, Orpha. I just want to confirm, if you will, my position on this subject that I stated last week. I do not know Keith Livingway. I have not had any encounters with him. But I am willing to... Um, be a supporter of, you know, just using my own judgment that it doesn't sound like he would be a good elector, okay? And I am willing to support that stance um, by what is the only experience I have is what I'm hearing. I was looking forward to hearing what he had to say for himself tonight. Obviously, he did not want to show up. Um, and I, like everybody else here, is seeing nobody else coming to his defense. Yeah. And I am, I am uh, holding open, I'll say, the position that if anybody can change my mind that this guy is good... <laughs> I leave open the option to change my mind. So far, it's not getting changed. I don't see, you know, where he is a real upstanding guy, okay? So I just wanted to reiterate my, my position that I am standing with those from what I've, you know, heard from the experiences of everybody else, um... I would very much question his character. So I just wanted to to reiterate my stance there. If anybody has a problem with me not knowing him and me still supporting, that's fine. Let, let me know. You know, I'll hang in the background. But um, anyway, I if, I may, if I may, I'd like to respond well, first, to ahead, that. David. Yeah. Uh, that letter you wrote, I did yield. I yield. I yield. I yield. Yes, I, I wanted to respond to that with gratitude because, um, well, Charles knows a little bit more about calling this a court, uh, which I would hope that he'll explain more about. Uh, but uh, as a you know, as someone who is testifying about personal experiences, uh, I do understand that if I'm I, I've for the longest time, not in this particular situation with Living Way, but I've wanted for the longest time to just get in front of any jury of people who don't know anything one way or the other. And it's been my desire to be in front of a, a pettit jury, a grand jury. I've been screening for a grand jury to report government corruption, which I now know is, is the entire grand jury system of the, the United States is being uh, over overseen by domestic terrorists, 
And so um, uh, I'm grateful that people like you are willing to stand up and say, I don't know anything. I completely, uh, I can listen to this objectively. I don't have any bias one way or another. And from what I'm hearing and given the opportunity that he, you know, he's had uh, to, to speak up for himself or to have his agents come and speak up for him, uh, that well, appreciate Somebody else is talking. Yes. Um, was somebody else uh, trying to uh, enter the conversation, or was that just background noise? Uh, Charles, that's Jim. I apologize. Uh, my finger misadvertent or inadvertently hit the mute button and unmuted my phone. But if I may, uh, while I've got you, uh, ask a brief question real quick. Uh, I don't have any idea who this uh, Mr. Livingway is, if I got that name right, or yes. what his, uh, uh, his connection is with the folks on the call, or why there's, uh, you know, it seems to be so much time devoted to this gentleman who's not even had the courtesy or uh, uh, whatever to show up, uh, doesn't care to stand and apparently defend. So if he's not there, what's the purpose of the discussion? I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. Well, we're, 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 the purpose of the discussion is to uh, uh, go ahead and proceed to judgment in default of uh, uh, um, uh, failure to appear. Um, in the de facto system, they frequently issue arrest warrants before the trial. We don't do that, but we and we're not planning on issuing any arrest warrants afterwards. But um, uh, uh, we do have the right to proceed to judgment after due notice has been given. And if that, the evidence before the tribunal here so far uh, has has prompted five of us that I've just named in the chat window. David, myself, Wonder Ann, Ofra, and John from Montana, that's the people that have publicly affirmed that they're willing to um, uh, uh, sign on to this uh, indictment, for lack of a better term. It, it, anyway, it's a, 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 it, we're, lo we're looking for 12 jurors so that we can have a full formal jury verdict declaring that, that, that Keith Livingway is not maintaining the minimal standards necessary for a qualified elector. And, and at that point, his, the, the entire group that they're working with, well, we could do a, probably a follow-up with their entire group, but it, anyway, um, it, it brings forth uh, it, it brings under a cloud of suspicion the the work that they're doing um, uh, uh, with the Hague and everything. Uh, Wonder Ann has more insights there about how there's been conflicts between Keith Livingway's group and 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 the Beacon 37 group that um, uh, Wonder Ann is working with. David has tried to uh, uh, facilitate uh, consensus building uh, discussion and debate between the two factions there, and uh, uh, apparently Mr. Livingway has been the more problematic of the two in refusing to uh, uh, compare notes and try to work towards a consensus here. Um, so, Jim, I appreciate you raising those issues. Um, uh, uh, it, it does help to clarify and, and to draw into focus exactly what we're trying to accomplish here. So far, we've only got five. I may have sixth one here in the fringes here. 
Um, uh, but others that are willing to sign on, again, anybody like Ofra, uh, even if you don't know all the details of the case, you can hear the testimony, you can see the evidence that they've been notified to appear and defend, and, and uh, you heard us calling for anybody here to, to speak up, to defend, and nobody's defending on behalf of Keith Livingway. Do the math, people. Uh, figure out that, that, that maybe we have probable cause to form the belief that Mr. Livingway is really not a qualified elector. Maybe we got probable cause to believe that that's just nothing but a massive COINTELPRO subversive operation that Mr. Livingway is involved with. And uh, we do, I do believe it's in the interest of the American people to have clear labels on who's being the Judas goats and subversives among us versus who has reputable reputations. And even though we may disagree in details, we don't question each other's uh, heartfelt sincerity in moving towards uh, a more accountable form of government. And they're under. We can have different strategies and ideas, but we got to come towards t together on a regular basis to, to 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 figure out who's the bad guys and who's the good guys here, and work towards consensus. And 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 Mr. Livingway is not participating in that. It seems like his supporters aren't participating in that. And they're under. We're doing our duties before God to bring forth truth and justice here, and uh, to the best of our humble abilities as humans. And and that, so. We, uh, anybody else willing to sign on, please say so. Otherwise, um, um, I yield. I, I have a question, Fine. Charles, um, oh. if I may. Uh, I have a suggestion, I think. In the interest of uh, expediency and, uh, you know, uh, moving on, getting down to something that maybe we we can get accomplished here, because the man didn't stand in the fend and nobody's standing there defending him, why not just uh, uh, enter default judgment against him for the time being until such time as he might have a, a legitimate argument to that? Or somebody could call, call us and, and say, uh, no, look, he's a good guy, and here's the evidence to support that allegation and convince us otherwise. Because uh, I, I don't see that uh, there's any progress being made here. The, you know, it was best part of an hour ago that uh, that you guys uh, asked, uh, okay, anybody here for the man? Stand up and speak now or forever, you know, keep your mouth shut. Uh, yeah. Nobody Which stood forward, and that was acknowledged, yeah. and I think we can just enter a default against him and move on. Points of information. John, go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Well, it, I wanted to – two things. Uh, the pronunciation for ORF, it's ORFA, O-R-P-H-A, I believe, ORFA. Yes. And I wanted to correct the, the name pronouncement on your name. I heard Charles say ORFID or something like that. Um, but uh, regarding <coughs> the default judgment, Charles, that would be in line with the, um, the current California Civil Code of, of Procedure at 473.5, uh, which talks about default judgments. And uh, I don't see a problem adopting that for the purposes of this common law, uh, common law uh, jury assembly. Thank you, Don. I yield. Yeah, I yield. Go ahead. Point of information. Yes, Orphan. <clears throat> just, just, just one, one more, a little bit here. Uh, I would like to just say that I, I mean, part of the purpose for this call tonight, my understanding was to discuss our positions on Keith Livingway. So that's why we spent 
better part of an hour or more, um, well, almost two hours now, on the subject. So I just wanted to make that a clarifying point, at least in my mind. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but And you can address that if you want. But I also want to mention why uh, maybe this doesn't really hold any weight or water or whatever, but I have served on a grand jury before. So I am familiar with the process of being totally objective, listening to the facts, and making a decision. So that's I, I have had some experience there, and so I feel I'm at least qualified in that area to support this or change my mind if I need to. So I just wanted to clarify that, that I'm not just... You know, just following the leader and not having any any sort of opinion whatsoever. Um, I have been in the position of having to make the decision as to whether something was even going to go to trial, whether, you know, there was water to hold, you know, whether the bucket could hold any water or not. So I just right. wanted to clarify that on my position, um, you know, because when you're on a grand jury – Basically, the process we've been doing tonight is kind of like a grand jury. Yeah. I mean, everybody takes takes the the facts that they have and try to weed through them to see if there's there's anything there. You know, is yeah. there any matter or is it all air? And yeah. I, so far, what I can tell, there is matter there. Yeah. Um, and he he has not stepped up to defend himself. Nobody else has stepped up to defend him. And so myself, you know, if I were on a grand jury to determine if this guy needed to go to trial, I would probably say yes. <laughs> you know, so anyway, I, I yield. That's that's my position. So, Point of, point of order? Thank you. Yes, double legal. Um if I may take a few minutes to make some observations on how this discussion and the subject at hand fits within the concept of a trial by jury in a jury society, uh, I'd like to do so, if that's all right. Yes, in fact, it's encouraged. Please, go ahead. Okay. So for the last four years, I've been uh, participating with the weekly calls of the Texian Jural Society and... Uh, Two years ago uh, was the, as uh, the uh, emeritus, uh, let's see, what is it called, the parliamentarian of the Texan Journal Society, Chaplain Raymond, uh, dubbed me the parliamentarian for the Californian Journal Society that was reactivated two years ago for a uh, an issue of somebody who was getting uh, attacked by the IRS. Um, I'd like to uh here here's my concept of uh how this procedure fits within a the operation of a jural society. Uh and and to some extent what was going on right now is a is a trial by jury, although it's not been formally chaired and open and foreman and jury members picked and twelve jurors identified, but there are last I counted there's like twenty five people on this call. Having said that, you called uh the five or so people that were willing to put their name on uh, um, uh, making um, 
well, their opinion about Keith Livingway, uh, an indictment, and I, and I would say that's incorrect. A, an indictment comes out of a, uh, or a true bill comes out of a uh, grand jury, but a, a opinion of jural members would be, it would be better called a recommendation by a committee. So a committee, a committee of those looking into it, uh, recommends that. Uh, uh, and of course, the recommendation has to be, uh, you know, formalized in a recommendation statement. But it might be something to the effect of, "We recommend that Keith Livingway be." Uh, but the, the the issue of Keith Livingway should be submitted to a uh, to a vote to the uh, to those member to those members of the Jural Society present uh, in a in a in a jury to. Make a, you know, to, to vote on uh, his being qualified or not to be an elector. So that's one suggestion. Uh, the next comment I have is uh, about a grand jury because uh, common law grand juries have been talked about quite a bit. And um, my understanding is that a a true grand jury of the people is apart from government, and the de facto grand juries are kind of. Uh, 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 puppet grand jury is kind of like uh, a, a, a jury trial in a court is a puppet court uh, operated and, and uh, controlled by the judge, while a, a de facto grand jury is a puppet grand jury controlled by the district attorney. And it's not really a people's grand jury. If people want to, I'll, I'll put it in the web, in the chat box, uh, Williams versus U.S. or U.S. versus Williams, I forget which it is, it's 1992. Uh, the comments of Antonin Scalia, he went to gr at great length to talk about the authority of the people through a grand jury as the fourth branch of government to manage their government. And what he really wanted to say, but he couldn't because they would have shot him then, uh, was uh, that it's the trial by jury because a grand jury is a, uh investigative body assembled in the, during the process of a trial by jury assigned to a case, so let me back up a little. Let me back up a little. In my con, my understanding of a jural society is that the only office of government that is always filled and is filled 24/7 is the clerk of the court of the Article Three People's Court. There is no other standing office of government that is supposed to be occupied. Everything else is on an as-needed basis, ad hoc. So there's a clerk of court and records of the Article Three People's Trial by Jury, um, Jural Society, that is. And when somebody has an issue, they request that the clerk of the court, uh, clerk of court and records, assemble a jury to hear their case. And so a jury is assembled, and then jurors are picked from the prospective candidates, and then a, jur a trial by jury panel is seated, and there's a foreman, and, and there's no judge because all of the 12, they're judges. There's no presiding judge. Every, each of us is our own judge. Okay, then if there's a particular issue, in this case, the issue on the table is Keith Livingway. So a, the... Uh, by consensus or motion presented to the trial by jury jurist panel, uh, a, a 
grand jury could be assembled to look into and investigate Keith Livingway. And then that uh, grand jury does as much as it needs to, as, you know, operates completely on its own with unlimited power and ability to do whatever it wants to come to a decision yes or come to a decision no. Uh, he, he, you know, there's a, there's a claim or there's a charge, uh, an appropriate charge or claim against them, or there no, there isn't one. And, and that finding goes back to the jury. And when that finding goes back to the jury, the true bill or indictment or lack thereof, then that grand jury is done and it's closed and it doesn't exist anymore. There are no stranding grand juries. Now, let me give you an example of why that's important. Uh, 20 years ago, when the Texian Journal Society got, it go got going, uh, a number of them wanted to reestablish the Texas Republic, the, re let's say, TRSOT, the Republic State of Texas. And they formed a standing grand jury, and a bunch of them got uh, taken down. And, uh, and, my, and John Montana know, knows of that, knows of some of them, but that's the difference between them being taken down and uh, the current Texian Journal Society still standing is that they walked away from the standing grand jury because a standing grand jury is not part of uh, common law and the people's um, lawful uh, authority. And, and I don't have that in paper. I, I just have that uh, hearsay from... Uh, Chaplain Raymond, I'd like to get more information on that. It might be in uh, one of the books that I have, but I haven't found it yet. You know, things like uh, Lysander Spooner. But um, uh, that is my understanding as to why some of the Republic of Texas people got, uh, well, got got arrested, got put in jail, and and uh, some of them didn't. It's because of this issue of a standing grand jury. So those are some points I wanted to make and uh, and and educate people as to what I know. Um, and the other, the last thing is that uh, what they've done um, in the Texan Journal Society is they're they're make make is always making a clear distinction between lex populi, the law of the people, and lex regio, the law of the rulers. So lex lex populi is uh, maxims of law. They're they're uh, they're common law uh, maxims. They're long. Uh, you you can you can look up maxims of law, and they're uh, they're very basic, long held concepts that uh, that that uh, stand on their own as. Uh, um, such basic concepts that they can't be overturned, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, Lex Regia is uh, all the codes and statutes and man-made rules and laws and ordinances and public policy and all that for um, uh, the de facto through their uh, attorneys and twisters and lawyers to manipulate the people with. So uh, the Texan Jural Society makes a clear distinction between the two and never mixes them and completely stays out of any reference to uh, Lex Regia except maybe by putting it in brackets with a CF, which, might, which means uh, uh, for reference in your language. But it, anything is always expressed uh, in common law or Lex Populi language. Um, so by, by, by 
by keeping that uh, arm's length from the statutory, uh, you can rely on the maxims of law and common law. So uh, any need to refer to a, uh, uh, a code for how to proceed in a default isn't necessary because that's one of the maxims of law. He that leaves the battlefield loses. And that's where we are right now. So uh, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you, everyone, for your patience and a yield. Thank point you. of information. Eric Double Eagle. Yes, point of information. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I just I just want to do a little clarification. I mean the grand jury that I served on, I mean, I'm I'm in a very small county and it was you know, it didn't have anything to do with any statewide thing. It was dealing with people in my county that committed some type of um, wrongdoing and there was more than 12 people that were called for this grand jury to make the decisions on when the information was brought into the room you know we were sworn in basically there was no judge uh, was the um, clerk of the circuit court, I guess. I think that's who it was that swore us in to make these, you know, judgment calls, I guess, these decisions. And we may have had three different uh, grand jury hearings in, the, in that one little point of time to make a decision on. Um, we could ask any question, whatever we wanted. We could ask for any backup information. I mean, it was carte blanche for while we were in that room. When we made the decision and signed the papers that yay or nay, we thought that it was, you know, there was enough information or that it looked like, yeah, this needs to go to a trial or no, we didn't think it, you know, had any water or substance to it. You know, that was a decision we made. That's that was, it wasn't our place to decide guilt or innocence. All we were there for was to decide if there was something there to go to trial. Did did there need to be a trial? That was all our job was. When we left that room, we were done with those cases. You know, we we were, you know, called to and vetted. To be on this grand jury, we had we were not the jurors in the trial. Uh, we had nothing to do with that. We were not in that courtroom. We were in a jury room. You know, it was like that. That was it. You know, we. But we were done with it once once we made that decision. Okay. So okay. I just want I I just wanted to mention that. Yes. I, I appreciate the insights you're sharing, Charles yeah. Stewart here. Um, um, and I'd, I'd, uh, if you're basically done with your accounting yes. there, I'd, I'd like to um, um, try to uh, 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 bring both your uh, uh, testimony along with Double Eagle that preceded you. I'd like to um, uh, kind of summarize it with how I am trying to engineer the process in, in this forum conference slash court. 
um, uh, if that meets with everybody's approval. Um, I'd, I'd like to, yes. to start my uh, little dissertation here by saying that that um, um, it, what, what we're trying to do here is uh, um, based upon historical precedent that that um, looking back far enough in history, um, close to a thousand years here to AD 66 in England, um, the the trial by jury process back then were, were our roots of common law. Before the Norman Conquest in 1066 AD, there was a fairly clean and pure form of common law where where people in the neighborhood that knew the community that is having the, the dispute, the people in the neighborhood, the qualified electors in the neighborhood, would go out and would talk with each other. And, and they, they would investigate the merits of the accusation and any counter-accusations flying back and forth. And they would take it on their own initiative, everybody realizing while while the dispute's going on and being investigating that if any of them misbehave or advance an unjustified proposition, that their qualified elector status is on the line also. Everybody has to maintain honor at all times, or else you're vulnerable to being accused of not being a qualified elector, just like what we're doing with Mr. Livingway here, okay? Yeah. But, but, but they're under... It's a much more organic process where the people participating in the fact-finding and the investigative uh, process, that they can proceed fluidly. And then everybody meets back in court on a regular basis. Uh, Tradition was was a weekly basis. uh, and and everybody would compare notes and 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 if if uh, and based upon the evidence that everybody had gathered evidence capital E in quotation marks evidence that's what we're looking at here and everybody's honestly looking at all of the evidence and there under the consensus building process begins um, and, and 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 it's fluid. Um, if it, it, and, and the example here is it, we, we've only got five or six so far uh, that, that are agreeing that we have probable cause to form the belief that Mr. Livingway is not a qualified elector. That's the proposition on the table. Uh, I've used the word indictment. It's basically an accusation, or however you want to call it. But we're challenging Mr. Livingway's status. And if we get 12, that will be in compliance with, quote, the rules of the common law, unquote, as referenced in the Seventh Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Okay? That's a rock solid, uh, uh, socially justifiable verdict. At that point, it is very difficult here. You can see we've only got six so far. We've got some more work to do before we can get 12. It's going to take a process, and no, even with nobody voicing objections. If people come in before we're done and start voicing objections, then we'll probably have to back up and give even closer consideration to everything that we're doing here. But we're proceeding in harmony with the fundamental, traditional, well-settled, quote, rules of the common law, unquote, we're conforming therewith. And thereunder, we're proceeding step by step in a very organic and fluid manner, okay? We're not entangled in a whole lot of statutory things, like, with all due respect to Eric and Double Eagle there, um, 
uh, I, a lot of what he was talking about, similar to what you were talking about there, Ofra, is a lot of those uh, uh, procedures that, that require observing jots and tittles and steps of procedure, a lot of that is not necessary. That came in after the Norman Conquest when the Roman Empire wanted to manipulate juries and, and obstruct their ability to move quickly and efficiently to a unanimous verdict. We don't need to be entangled with all of those obstructions of justice that came in from the Roman Empire version of common law. We can have pure, crystal clean common law, as was likely practiced by Jesus Christ himself and, and his followers, his 12 followers, keep that number in mind. We can move all together in a more quick and efficient and fluid manner towards our judgment uh, with, without all of those entanglements that have kept crept in from the laws of the Roman Empire. Um, and I think I've fairly well encapsulated my summary of, of uh, uh, how I believe that we're justified in, in pulling together 12 juror verdicts here um, in a more quick and efficient manner than what a lot of people are used to. And at that point, I'd yield and open the floor to other comments or questions. Well, I motion that we uh, put the issue of Keith Livingley to a vote of among the uh, participants in the call here. Certainly, certainly. It's, uh, um, um, at least the vote of 12. Okay, well, um, um, yes. Uh, in fact, why don't you go ahead and take a lead there, Eric? You seem to... I, I, I've kind of called before, but um, uh, apparently uh, perhaps you think that some wording might be better chosen. This is organic process. I, I'm not uh, uh, the tyrant leader here. Uh, go, go ahead and take the lead and phrase your call for vote in manners that you think is most efficient there. Please, Eric, uh, double eagle. Okay, well, I, I consider that a second to my motion. Yes. Okay, then I will make it very simple. Uh in a minute, I'm going to ask for anyone who, who uh, let's see, who does not agree that this could be done by a unanimous uh, vote in the form of requesting anyone who does not uh, agree to voting being a unanimous vote. I don't know if I'm getting confused. Anyway, let me start over. I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna propose that uh, it's unanimous that everyone on the call uh, votes against Keith Livingway being a elector of uh, uh, the as an American national, based on what we've heard. Unless someone in the next uh, ten seconds says that they do not agree with that process. And 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 in just a second, uh, and then I will ask for anyone who doesn't uh, is in <laughs> does not agree with the unanimous vote to stand up in in in, in support of Keith Livingway. So so um, is there anyone who who disagrees with with what I'm suggesting that we can make a unanimous vote? First of all, may I? You can say whatever say, you want. Say, say so, okay. I didn't know if we had to take a vote before there was more discussion or not. I just want to want to know is is this a final vote? Are we just working towards the twelve? 
or I mean, how I would, is I, I would consider this a final vote for the, for the agenda today uh, for uh, for uh, for uh, ba- based on so based on the uh, uh, the statements and affirmations made by five people who. Who, who think there's enough evidence that he shouldn't be a, allowed to be an elector. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I just want to know if, okay, if it's for today's call, I would agree. If if it's just, if it's for a, a final vote totally, I I'm not saying that there isn't enough information, but is it enough um, to have only five or six that are willing to put their autograph on a piece of paper, is that enough to stand up? Can I jump in? Yes, I yield. I yield. Thank you. Uh, uh, Eric, yeah, um, you're, you're moving forward in a nice direction, but I think Oprah, Oprah is raising uh, uh, some legitimate concerns. I would suggest that what we are moving towards here is is a, a full formal jury verdict, um, but I, I would place that within a larger context, like what Ofra is, is alluding to. That if at any time in the future any of us that are signing on to this become aware of evidence that exonerates Keith Livingway, we we reserve the right to change our vote because if we discover we made a mistake, that's obligatory before God, right? Certainly. And I would even okay, further well, maybe in that sense then it's not a final judgment as you chose your words there. But but it it is so far as as uh, uh, our proceedings here are concerned, we are moving towards a a a a general final judgment that is still subject to the rules of the common law and we can review it if additional evidence is brought forth but at this juncture based upon the evidence before the court at this time this is a final verdict okay so for tonight's uh, meeting right yes and i yeah, and okay. I, okay so we're, and so I'm we're in agreement yes interest. then i would Okay, point of interest, go ahead. Donald Donaldson, point of interest uh, here. Uh, I think it's appropriate wording to call this a more of a committee. Uh, and I do appreciate the, the, the grand jury uh, uh, with, with these words. Uh, so, and also this, this you know, I, I'm, I'm basically, a, you know, pro, uh, you know, qualified elector status when it comes to Keith Livingway. Uh, and his ability to to, uh, to to you know be a part of his his community wherever he may be wherever he you know wherever his abode is he has the duty and right to actually you know uh, be, you know do the right thing basically which is which is of course you know if he's talking about common law it would be uh, claiming a head of the household status to you know obviously to protect his own community. Uh, wherever he lives at now for the purpose of these phone calls and and this this committee um i have to say i've, I've heard a lot of, of 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 disagreement to him being a part of it so i am actually going to re- recline from entering a judgment on any direction uh from uh, with regard to this committee and, and sit back and the repose will be on you guys Okay, so it's noted that Donaldson uh, abstains. That's fine. 
Um, yes. I have a question for Charles. Uh, would it be appropriate to put, we put a, two caveats to this? One is the time limit, and one is that uh, uh, at any, if at any time uh, Keith Livingway wants to, uh, or anyone wants to defend him, or he wants to defend himself, or to uh, be heard about in regard to this uh, vote, that he'd be allowed to do so, and it'd be reheard. Um, I think we can agree to that, generally speaking. But um, 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 there is the um, the the necessity for giving guidance and direction to the public because um, uh, members of the public that that review our documents on our web page that will uh, 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 affirm our conclusions herein. Um, uh, they need to, to to have some grounds for relying on this as as being considered as having some form of stability as 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 a proper lawful verdict and judgment here. Um, and of course, uh, there's two processes. Either either we can, Mr. Livingway or others, can petition us to review our hearing. At which point, we can we can place it on the agenda for our weekly conference calls again. Or Mr. Livingway has the option of uh, assembling his own court and trying to bring 12 people together uh, uh, who affirm publicly on their qualified elector status that Mr. Livingway is a qualified elector. Okay, and 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 I don't think either one of those options are going to happen. But if either one of them do, um, um, uh, we can respond and land on our feet and follow due process of law to deal with it from there on out. Okay, a couple of comments. I would think that uh, uh, if if Living Way wanted to uh, reassert his status as being a qualified elector that he should come back to this court where this uh, opinion, recommendation, judgment, or temporary judgment is, is being made. Uh, second, I think that uh, we could give a 90-day limit to the or, – or, or maybe it doesn't even need to be. It could just be unless – Unless other information is received, or unless a uh, request to uh, have the case reheard is received, then it stands. But I think it could be a, I think it'd be considered a final judgment because uh, if it's a final judgment uh, until other information or request to be um, reheard is is uh, submitted or or received by you, Charles, being the website host. Then, then, it, then it would just stand on its own. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, is there any other discussion about the process? As as long as this is not um, closed ended. Yeah. Now, for this call it's, it's, tonight, then it's fine. It's, um, but it's, it's, not, it's left it's, open to for discussion later or for also voting on later if new information makes itself available. Thank you. If new information, that's the key. So without any information, I would say it would be closed, but if new information, that could could reopen it. Is that okay? Yeah. That, does anybody have any problem with that? I don't know. Okay, so... Say, say what? 
I'm sorry, say that again. Call. Call for yes. the vote. Yes, I'm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm going to call for the vote in the form of requesting, uh, let's see, with with the understanding that Donaldson is abstaining. Uh, does anyone have a? Hmm, does anyone vote against this being unanimous vote against Keith Livingway from being a qualified elector? Unless other information comes in the future. Does anyone object to that? Going once? (laughs) Going twice? Okay, so that's the decision of the, all the participants in this uh, jury panel, except Donaldson, who's abstaining, uh, uh, that Keith Livingway is uh, judged to be not qualified uh, unless he comes forth or new information uh, comes forward. Is that okay, um, Does anyone have I, a problem I, I with I just suggest, Brother Eric, that um, um, we, we, I, I think what we've got here is a, a temporary resolution. I think we need to continue to make progress. Uh, until we get 12 full qualified electors that are willing to affirm. I think at this point we've only got five or six. Um, Eric, I, for, for the record, um, uh, are, are, are you um, uh, willing to affirm yourself that Keith Livingway is not a qualified elector? Yeah. Okay, okay, that brings us up solidly to six, maybe seven here. Um, um, and I will be composing documents and, and posting them on the, on the web page on a regular basis that, that show how this is um, progressing. And, and uh, I'll list the names and enough descriptive information so that people can know basically who's affirming in support of us. Uh, but I think we're still short of 12 here. But I do suggest within another two conferences or so, we'll probably have our 12 threshold. And at that point, we will be in full compliance with the rules of the common law as articulated in the Seventh Amendment. And at that point, I think we can put a clear and definitive final verdict within the general rules of the common law, uh, put that on, on, on the, 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 the final document that we compose and post on the Internet here. Okay, so oh, then uh, we, would, we would call this a recommendation of a committee. Is that okay? Well, I, I, think, I, I think we're in full-blown judicial proceedings here. Just because our, our 12 uh, jurists are, are, are not fully assembled at this juncture that's why, that, that's why it's a committee, because it's not the full jury. Well, I, I think we can hold court even if we don't have a full jury uh, uh, here to adjudicate our court. In the name of God, the de facto okay. is adjudicating things, just one judge there. You know, So if we've only got five here, we're, we're still miles ahead of them. Okay, so, you're talking, so we'll, we'll call this a partial verdict then. Uh, yeah, that, that's so, a good terminology. Uh, of, yeah. the, of the portion of 12 jurors that have, have uh, expressed their opinion, okay, or judgment or affirmation, okay. All yeah, right, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I, I yield my position as uh, uh, as, as whatever I was for the jury. <laughs> hey, foreman, pro-time jury foreman there. Um, uh, your influence is good, Eric. I'm glad you assisted us. And see, 
See, the entire process is like an eyeball uh, adjusting to low-light conditions. It dilates. It's dilating uh, and bringing things into focus here, and it's a slow and steady process, and you've got to back up if, if you start making a mistake or additional information comes to the fore. And so it's a slow, organic movement process where the collective conscience of the community Moving with respect to everybody's legitimate concerns here, we're we're bringing together, we're building the consensus slowly but surely in mutual respect. Uh, It's a slow, organic, spiritual growth process to build this consensus. It's difficult to get 12 people to agree on anything. When we've finally done it, there's a natural presumption that, that, that this verdict is harmonious with the supreme laws of nature and nature's God. Okay. Well, after two and a half hours, I wanted to put Keith Livingway to bed in case there was anything else we wanted to discuss. <laughs> it is good to, at least for this point, wrap it up. Uh, we could, there's a number of other issues that, that we should be discussing. Um, um, but um, 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 it, perhaps we can wrap this up at least temporarily. Well, the floor is open. Uh, um, do do others have further comments on the Keith Livingway issue here, or should no. we move on? No. <laughs> Go ahead. If I may, if I may, this is David. I, I'm about a half hour beyond another call that I'm supposed to be joining. So I, I it was an honor to uh, be on for the full length of this process. Uh, I I understand more about the process now, and I want to thank you for taking us through that from beginning to end and helping to explain it all the way, everybody involved. Uh, And thank you for your courtesy to one another and your humility um, in the process. And uh, I I yield. I'm going to have to go to that other call. A point of interest here, Donaldson, uh, David, I, before you leave, I'm, I want to put some information into the chat room for everyone as well. Uh, the grand jury um, and its power. Uh, I've got, you know, Richard Walbaum. I was in contact with him for a while. He's a great, you know, writer. Knows, you know, tremendous amount about uh, the the grand jury and how to operate, how it operates at a local level. And uh, he's got a, he's got a lot of information. He's done some great dissertations. So I'm going to stick those in the chat room. If you don't mind hanging around for a minute to pick it up, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I I do thank you for that. I'm going to request that Charles uh, grab that for me because I'm not on the computer and and I'm not on the chat. My my computer's been closed down. And I'm totally on the phone right now, um, and I probably won't even be starting my computer up until Sunday again. But Charles, if you wouldn't mind snatching that for me, I sure would appreciate it. Sure, David, and and, and uh, uh, God be with you in your other duties there. We really appreciate your contributions that you were able to uh, uh, share with us here this evening, David. And my pleasure, uh, and I will look forward to next Friday. Thank you, everybody. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Point, uh, point of information, I'm going to have to depart also because I have, I have to be up at 5.30 and stay up at 5.30 <laughs> to go to a class that I signed up for, uh, in Charlotte. So I will say a good evening also. And uh, I would appreciate getting that list that uh, Davidson's putting in, Donaldson's putting in, 
so that I could uh, review that also. I'd appreciate it. And I yield and I say good night. And everybody wish me luck tomorrow. No, no, that's all right. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It's going into a field I've never done. So I'm always excited about learning new things. So I will move on. I'm sorry. Go to class so you can stay being a classy lady. There you are. <laughs> there we go. We're all classy men and women. <laughs> Thank go. you. Good night, one, Dan. Okay, good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye, Wonder. Point of information. Yeah, Ofra. Can I change the subject? <laughs> Probably not without a so. Any objections? <laughs> or none. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I, I, okay, I, I guess we need to vote on that. Same the subject. We're, we're, I'm we're a, good. I motion. Okay. Is that a, is that a go? I, I should just ask. No, we don't um, need to change that. We don't need to vote on changing the subject. Go for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I realized there was, um, two or three other gentlemen from Illinois on the call tonight. I was just wondering if there's any way I could get connected with them for our um, people in Illinois getting together. Yeah, this is Rick in Southern Illinois, Car- Carbondale, Murfreesboro area. Okay. I think there's, um, we have another gentleman down there in that neck of the woods um, yeah, I'm in uh, Jackson County. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what county he's in. He's his, his name is Tim, but um, there was somebody else that came on the call. There was you and one or two other others. Is, is he still on? Are they still on, Charles, or did they leave? Well, I only see one person from Indiana here. That's um, likely you, I think, Ofra. Well, Illinois. I'm from Illinois. Okay. Okay, there is somebody from Indiana there. Um, it's Marvin. Um, oh, there we go, Marvin. Oh. Yes. And Shorty. Yeah, Brother Shorty and Marvin. Good to hear you both. Yes, sir. So I'm I'm just wondering if whoever is on, you know, from Illinois that's on this call, if they would mind if Charles you know, sent your information so I can contact you. Well, I, I don't. It, well, it, it, uh, is there anybody from Illinois? I don't see anybody evidenced in the chat window from Illinois. But if there is anybody there, yeah, please respond. There was that was Rick that said he was from Carbondale. He's in Illinois. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Rick. Yeah. yeah. Here um, I'm, I put. Here I just posted. Put my uh, in chat my information. All right. That you can get you can get a hold of me. There's my email. Okay. Right. Okay, and then Charles, you could oh, forward that I, I on post, me because I, I did. That. I posted Brother that. Brother Shorty's wrong. from Brother Shorty's yes. from the St. Louis area. I'm sorry. What? I'm from what the St. Louis area. St. Louis, Illinois, or Missouri? Missouri. 
Yeah, we need Illinois people. For? To kind of get, we, for our general assembly. Oh, okay. To bring Illinois forward. Um, we're, we're, we're still trying to get, get, get it together here. <laughs> so we're trying to find people in Illinois, um, um that are willing to my, be on this process. That's, uh, I posted it in there, one good one left. It says 200, but it's supposed to be 2,000. It didn't type the other zero. You know, Rick, Charles? Yes. He was talking to you, I, I assume. Uh, well, uh, yes, I see the email address. You know, Rick, you could uh, abandon that email address and create the one you wanted, but we'll go with the one you got here for the time being. Um, well, that's, it's not it's not 200, it's 2,000. Yeah, that's a good way so that he, does, people don't see that and start sending them a bunch of spam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever works, uh, you're in control, Rick. And we we got the email address, one good, one left, spelled out in wording, and then 200 at yahoo.com. Yeah, it's 2,000, not 200. 2000. Oh, you mistyped it here. You didn't mistype it in the, uh, uh, when you set up the email. Sorry, uh, I, I misunderstood you. Um, yeah, it was a mistype. He, put it, he put it in again. He corrected it. There okay. You go. I, I, I'm prone to making those kind of mistakes. That's why I copy and paste rather than try to type by hand. Uh, but um, um, yeah, just putting just putting an email whenever you address me. Just put uh, Charles Show or something. That way I'll know. You know, in the subject line. That way I'll know it's you. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, because yeah. we're 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 trying to. We're working right now on getting our um, uh, committee. It, the uh, yeah. You uh, call it general assembly. I call it general society. Yeah, general <laughs> <laughs> assembly. But um, we did locate the original Illinois Constitution, and we're working on getting a decent copy of the original Illinois seal that is would make a good printout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're still I trying to get our, our general assembly together, so that's, you know, we just need to... Are you a member of the, uh, the, the National Liberty Alliance at all? No, I'm not. I have heard of it, but I... No, I'm not a member of it. I went on it for a while. Yeah, I was on it for a while there, and uh, that's what they're trying to do is get a committee... Uh, you know, for jurors uh, for each of our counties. And uh, it's a slow process. Well, we'll we'll have to work on that. But right now we're trying to get it for the state and bring the state forward, and then we'll have to be going into the counties where each one will have to have, like, a delegate and stuff is my understanding. Right. My comp my comprehension. I don't stand under anything. <laughs> right. They sent me copies National Liberty Alliance there. Uh they sent me uh not copies but uh an actual test of uh to be part of on the committee of a grand jury for the community for the uh county. I have to go and uh what do you call it, the uh 
uh, what we the civics test that we did, you know, in school in, in junior high, and uh, well, well, this is different. Yeah, this is different from all that. We're we're um, this is for the, um, well, actually, Beacon Thirty Seven is where we're coming from, but this call here is still kind of like a. I look at it as a another leg of the same octopus. Right. That Beacon Thirty Seven. Yes. Okay. Is there a website for that? They do have a website, beacon37.com. Okay. If you want to know what is more, what they're you know more about, um, just Google Beacon 37, and you'll see a there's a a video there that is like 58 minutes long of a radio show where they they have. Um, this uh, Jim Worth, or I was I was going to say Worth, but it's right, Jim Wright, that actually started this, and he has actually brought several of the territories to a, a state status into the colonies, and they work with the colonies and everything. But um, you can go there and watch the the YouTube video, and there's other you know little short ones. The main one is the 58-minute one. And find okay. you know, see what it's more about. All right. I... But I, I look at this call, which is the constitutional government, as just riding right alongside with it. Just Any more case. information and... No niggers in the shoes. Got them all started. What was that? Pardon? Yeah. Sounds like we got us a perp on the line, a uh, point of interest here. Yeah. No, I think it's just some background. They don't realize they're unmuted, <laughs> probably. But, but anyway. That was us. Sorry. Charles here. Uh, um, oh. Please continue. Okay. I'll, I'll mute next time we're chatting. Oh, that's okay. Um, but anyway, I, I was just wanting to try and connect with other Illinois people. I didn't mean to drag all that out into your, your call, Charles. Sorry, I yield. <laughs> well, that, that that may be a good segue to get to the general theme, the broader theme, beyond the Keith Livingway issue that our conferences are dedicated to. We're dedicated to building from the grassroots bottom up, in especially our local geographical communities, but also, like this community here, is 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 more ideological, fraternal, uh, religious, if you, you know, it, it's fluid. It's, it, it's called uh, uh, special or private jurisdictional, um, and, and, and it's not geographically based. See, at that point, we can broaden out to include the entire USA. But when we get um, uh, ten people together, we've got the authority. We, we, we can elect our own uh, uh, township precinct or county level officers to fill those vacant offices in a virtual type of a sense, um, um, non-geographical. Um, and, and when we get 12 qualified electors together, we can exercise the full common law judicial power uh, also in a non uh, geographically restricted sense because there's nobody else doing it. The de facto courts don't right. do it. The present United States Supreme Court is not a court of law. 
think about that one for a while. They're a de facto, they're a supreme de facto court. How's that for a choice of words for you, huh? If they're de facto court, they're not supreme over anything. They're just a tribunal that is administering military police state decisions. I could go on. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Right, it's Charles, mouthful. and that's exactly, yeah, Charles, that's beautifully put. A uh, point of interest here regarding that is that, uh, you know, the rules of court, you know, as we discussed previously, uh, are more powerful local community courts uh, because of the fact that they don't originate, okay, the rules with the legislatures or, or with constitutions. Uh, Supreme Court decisions really have the constitution as their basis, uh, and so, therefore, it's not generally the common law. Would you agree? I yield. Yep. Uh, I would. I believe I had read there uh, about the Supreme Court that that was only put in place for the executive branch only. Well. And, and uh, there, there, there's numerous writings that the original intent, perhaps the U.S. Constitution. Don, no, it's Don, 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 um, It's not me. Well, okay. Uh, not okay. me. Okay. Somebody had noise there. I'm glad it muted out anyway. Um, but the the for, for the 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 seventeen eighty nine constitution did establish something that they called the Supreme Court, but it seemed like from the very judiciary acts, I think uh uh Edwin Vieira that's associated with the Beacon thirty seven group, uh did research from the very get-go, the, the technical requirements of Article Three of the U.S. Constitution were, were were not met with. They created a de facto court that wasn't in compliance with the Article Three mandates that were supposed to govern the the um, uh, Supreme Court that was being set up uh, under the civil government of the United States of America. Um, and and it's been going downhill since then. The, free, the, the Supreme Court has, uh, after the Civil War, I believe it was reconfigured to to, to um, uh, follow more of the the military police state that was left in control. They can't have a Supreme Court there out out there actually following due process of law when when other people from the executive are trying to run a military police state. That'll screw up their ability to be uh, parents parente uh, 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 police state managers of, of the entire body politic of the American people. Um, so, so the Supreme Court has gone downhill in progressive steps over the years um, uh, and, and has gone down uh, in progressive steps. Uh, uh, Roosevelt's uh, efforts at uh, packing them, uh, increasing the number from six to nine, they never went to 12. Why didn't they start out with 12 uh, as the Supreme Court of Law is required to be? Because they're all under Roman civil government, and Roman civil government isn't uh, uh, concerned about real law, which is common law. Which requires twelve. Anyway, and, and there's a lot add, there. Go ahead. The point of it. Uh, I like the Roberts rules, but it's easier to conversate without it. I think sometimes. Uh, what I was just going to say was that. Yeah, Charles, I agree with you. Uh, the, the you know you just basically said long-windedly, you know, for the lack of a better adverb, uh, that. Exactly what I just reiterated, and so for everybody on the call, you know, when you're when you're doing your case law analysis, you want to try and look. I'll say this many many more times. 
you want to try and find out where the decision came from. Was it a statute or a constitution? And where was the, had the statute derived? Was it from the common law or, or rule of a court or like a commu- from a community? You know, if it's not, then it's not a good case law for you to be using in common law. Case law is good to use, but it depends on, um, you know, where that, how the decision was actually made and the basis of it. I don't think case law applies at common law at all. (laughs) Okay, well, you're entitled to that, and I I yield the mic if you'd like to give us some feedback on your thoughts regarding the subject matter. Double legal? Common, common law is very simple, you know, is there a contract uh, or, or is there damages or is the maximum of law been violated? You know, it's, it's real black and white, uh, very simple. There's, it, it relies on facts, not opinions. Case law is uh, uh, prior decisions on uh, other cases in the, in the legal system, and common law is law, not legal. Right, but if you look up legal. Okay. I'm still here listening. Anything else? No. Okay. Well, basically the courts, you know, the customs that of original common law courts were of the communities. And uh, you know, these common law has its origins in uh in these uh these courts of governing not individuals, but courts governing communities. So when we look at, uh, sometimes you look at a case and as a tribunal or whatever, you'll go, hey, do we, should we do the same thing that we did last time? Or because of the circumstances, do we need to apply a different remedy? See, that's the flexibility of the common law. I yield. Thank you, Don and uh, Eric Double Ego. Um, this this is a nice focal point, deserving. Um, um, and unless there's, a, it looks like our numbers are slightly dwindling here a little bit, but we've still got uh, a number of good scholars here, quite capable of carrying on very productive conversation, I'm sure. Um, uh, well, the, the the issue that we're currently focused on of of uh, um, common law jurors, I believe. Um, um, what was the apparent difference of opinion between uh, uh, Donaldson and uh, Double Eagle here? Uh, I'll take that. I believe it was that uh, you don't need case law in common law. That was the Double Eagle's under, uh, underlying point. That's what I took from it, at least. Double Eagle, would you like to... Vouch for me? Well, I th- you, you get me a little confused, and maybe I misunderstood because I assumed that case law meant uh, case law in the legal system. Because and because and and I think that uh, um, I hear I hear the word tribunal and courts governing, and courts don't govern; the people govern, and each one is its own court. And I don't think a tribunal applies except in their military law. So uh, each one of us is our own court, and we're self-governing. And I don't think that uh, somebody, a decision in somebody else's case should ever have any applicability to my case. My case is its own case, and uh, there, sh- 
there should be no precedent or case law or you know what we did la should we do what we did last time here no e each case is uh unique and should be judged on its own merits that's my opinion it sounds right i'd i'd like to um uh go ahead and build there on if i might that um the 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 process that we're bringing forward uh, that i'm trying to bring forward anyway is is concerned about building meeting of the minds and and uh, it seems like a lot of the concerns that you've got here double eagle are are worried about technicalities of wording some wordings are interpreted bad other wordings are interpreted good and and um um, I think there's a lot of room for honest disagreement in the definitions of some of the words that we're using, but the more important fundamental organic concern that's directly related to the cause of justice is whether or not we're moving forward properly uh, with 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 uh, any particular um, uh, uh, complaint that's been placed before our forum slash court slash conference here okay well i apologize for my nitpicking over terminology and words but i think it's important to be clear because the the whole de facto legal system is built on confusion and uh yeah. such a proliferation of paper that you know people people can find anything to support uh just about anything i mean that's extreme but uh, i think you get Kind of understand. What I'm trying to say, just and and uh, and that yeah, unless unless we know that we're going for that we're not sliding sideways by misuse term misuse of terms, we don't know whether we're going forward. And I yield. Point of information. Orpha, and after you, I would like to uh, proceed as well. So. I just want to present my opinion on the whole case law thing. One thing that I've always sure. that I've noticed is that it seems like if you go into court or you need a quote-unquote lawyer for whatever reason, we shouldn't need one anyway, but um, you always have to find a case law to back up, you know, like you said, uh, double legal, is that you have to have a case law to, to present your case. Why, why is that? Why should you have to have another case that's done a precedent on the same thing that you're doing there? Your case should stand alone. And I never could understand why you needed a precedent to, you know, it seems like if there was, if there's not a precedent that matches your case, then nothing can be done. What's Orpha? wrong with that picture? Point of clarification? I yield. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. The issue with precedent, if I might just address the issue briefly, is again back to how do you analyze the, the case law. Precedent acts in, in, in ways that are civil, Roman civil in, in their nature. Okay? Um, it works to bind and restrict government, employees, and contractors, people who, imbecile, no, imbeciles, in, in, incompetence, minors, bankrupts. Things of that nature, um, you know, just for just if, in the in the slight case where there may be a man or a woman who you know ha has a, has an issue, right, and uh, they actually do not raise 
up any type of law in, in their in their filings if they don't you know pose the choice of law in your in your paperwork then then what ends up happening generally speaking is uh, the de facto will uh, uh, presume jurisdiction because there's no jurisdictional statements in the paperwork so what that's if you know to embrace individual individualized common law it, it, it it's going to take a lot of work on 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 anyone's part to do that because it's just not it's just not actually how the 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 case law is 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 built up around uh you know your the individual it's actually built up around the construct of the de facto so by by paying very close attention to uh your paper trail of authority you could put your paper into the record and with your choice of law right if uh as you become you know plaintiff if you will i'm just using a little bit of legalese but you switch it around you know ultimately and become the plaintiff but now your your it's your choice of law or if you're bringing the case it's your choice of law but the issue is you always want to put your your law in there because the, if you don't you just get piled on top of you well, are you de facto or de jure? Are you in Lex Populi or in Lex Regia? I think you're confused. I think also that there's – first of all, sir, I need you to clarify for me, if you would, please, Double Eagle, where you get this information that uh, uh, there's an individual common law uh, that, that actually applies to, to the actual individual separate from a a, a community, like – a body politics slash you know local locally organized um, uh, community of you know qualified electors you know I, I I don't see the the individual perspective that you were stating a, a few minutes ago I got I got you know some sources I was wondering if you could briefly tell me some some of the source information about you you gave us your thoughts but do you have a source for us I'll post yes, it in the very simple contract I have no contracts with any. With any governments or with any associations, I live under Yahuwah's law, and it's very simple. There's ten mandates, and 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 I'll be all contracts, and I don't have any contracts with any governments. No benefits, privileges, no licenses, no registrations, no nothing. Right. Well, they have case law for that. <laughs> well, actually, I hear what you're saying. You are you're you're basically. Uh, what they call free and case law does not apply to me. Case law refers to code, statutes, ordinances, or or uh, decisions of courts. We're not going. I'm not under that jurisdiction. I, yeah, I'm not here to actually. To be honest with you, I'd like to postpone any argumentative tones on the call so that we could actually have more of a dense focus. Um, on go ahead. I, I, I think. We're, thank you, my friend. Uh, Ultimately, I, I think the issue is a dead one in the water. We could bring it up later if it arises, but I think we should move forward. I yield. That sounds like my cue. Uh, Charles Stewart, well, is a moderator of this conference. Uh, was somebody else looking to chime in here? Well, it was Rick Southern Illinois. Isn't common law the unwritten law? Yeah. Yes, it is. And um, with Double Eagle there, you know, from what I'm understanding, I'm learning here, um, 
I'm still a kindergartner compared to you people that are on the front line. I'm still digging a trench trying to dig to the bottom of the rabbit hole when I want to get out of the top. But I believe, like um, uh, a double eagle, that, you know, I think that whatever case that you bring should just be on its facts and its merits only, not on some other somebody else's opinion or uh, case that had already been heard. It should be heard just strictly on the facts and the evidence that it brought forth. And Thank you. If, if you make your rules of your court, well, you would stipulate those rules in the court, whether or not you want to have case law put into your court and in, in when you have your court. I mean, wouldn't that follow under your rules of your court? To have case law choice to be whether you want case law heard or not, which I, I would answer? never want. I would never want to have. Answer? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, common law is custom and usage, and unwritten law, uh, w- with the understanding that uh, maxims of law uh, can be relied on, and maxims are generally written because they're longstanding and can't be overturned. Um, or can't can't be can't be contested can't be argued, and uh, having said that, I I would never want uh, any case law to be introduced in anything I brought forward because case law usually refers to uh, the legal system, code, statutes, ordinances, or judgments of a court, which brings in uh, that jurisdiction. So that's a lower that's a lower level of jurisdiction i want to stay in common law i don't want to, i don't want to get well, down in, into the morass of the legal system i want to be I in can, law not not be in legal i can if, if i might with you if, okay you guys are having a discussion i apologize for the intrusion one point of interest here uh can you repeat what you just said because i need to i need to respond directly to what you just said so go ahead and repeat yourself sir sir eagle well, you asked me to do that last week, and I don't, I don't have an instant replay. But generally, what I was trying to make a distinction of is, there's a difference between the lawful system and the legal system, and the legal system is a morass of all the uh, code, statutes, ordinances, and all that uh, of attorneys and uh, legislatures, and uh, the common law is the law of custom and usage and maxims of law, and I would rather deal there because then I can. Uh, Present my issues myself, and not not need someone to represent me and be uh, the last on his, of his interest after he's uh, okay. on on the system. The judge is brother across the table, and uh, thank you. All that. Here's what I here's what I wanted to address. You said the key words that I was looking for. Um, case law is merely persuasive authority. You, you use it tactically. You don't rely on it necessarily as the law of your case. It's merely persuasive. Like, you you know, that's what precedent, is, you know, when I bring in a case law from this jurisdiction, right, that's, that's called very good precedence. You know, if I bring in a case law from New York and I'm in California, it's still precedence, right? But it's, since it's such a far jurisdiction away, it's, it's not close to the community, right? It's really, it's really not, it could be persuasive if the, if the case was, you know, very similar, very related to circumstances in yours. But it would have to be merely used as persuasive authority. You follow where I'm going? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, what do you think that they did before they had a case law? Before there was any case laws, what would what, what, what your opinion be that they... Okay. Uh, well, what, I bet you they'd looked at the roles. 
um, they, they, they had these things called um, rolls. And um, oh, if I, can't re- I can't remember exactly. Rolls or rules? Or what, what do you rolls. Rolls. They were like, um, yeah, rolls, where, where the lawyers would actually go and write down, you know, uh, what happened in that, you know, proceeding or whatever. And I, I, I forget. Actually, oh, yeah. did you know that? You're using yeah, that so term that doesn't apply in common law lawyers. Uh, Can I jump in, Charles, sir? Comprehend. Yes, sir. Um, uh, if we trace back the roots of the common law to its source of respect for precedent, prior to the Norman Conquest of 1066, mm-hmm. there were small communities gathering together and forming their own juries. And, and, and when they issued a judgment, that was case law precedent. And, and it was because both issues of law and fact were adjudicated in a manner that brought forth naturally conscionable justice in the eyes of the community. The collective conscience of the community was established then through the unanimous decision of juries as the more ancient source for our common law judicial precedents. Now, we've got, since the Norman Conquest, all of that's been perverted, where case law precedent is now the edict of franchisees of the Roman civil empire king. Um, um, and so it's, the case law has frequently become perverted, and, and that thereunder, um, there is correct indictments against case law. But even therein, in the, the amalgamated perversion of common law that existed after the Norman Conquest um, in England and in America. Um, uh, there, there are uh, many the, the the decisions that uh, flowed through that that common law tradition within the, the 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 law courts of the civil government of England. Um, um, those decisions maintained a general respect for traditional organic community case law precedent. And and the document that I posted recently in the chat window um, and that Don and I have discussed frequently on the difference, the fundamental difference between Roman civil law and Anglo-American common law is respect for precedent. See, um, uh, Roman civil law is, is the source of all statutes and codes that uh, even in England where Parliament passes uh, uh, so-called laws, that parliamentary resolutions, those are all mechanisms uh, that came in after the Roman conquest, uh, the Norman Roman conquest of 1066 that has taken us away from uh, laws governing society based upon uh, unanimous jury trial decisions. See, when our, our, our case law is firmly uh, uh, purified by unanimous jury trial decisions in the uh, um, uh, local communities, that creates a much better foundation, a much more solid foundation in the laws of nature and nature's God than than the type of precedent that's just come from judicial decisions of one judge or a three panel of judges that are still uh, 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 trying to gain brownie points with the emperor or king uh, of the jurisdiction. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary of my perspective. Um, uh, I yield. Well, I, Charles, I would like to chase your tail on that one, if you don't mind the point of information here. I would like to read something. Uh, Donaldson here, reading from the judicial process. I think you're all going to appreciate that. I've got the link. 
I'm going to post the link right now into the chat for everybody so they can follow along if they want to, but you can have this information to read later as well. Um, so bear with me while I go back into my drive now and pull up the information. John, how are you doing that? Can we let Eric uh, go ahead and make his comment? Well, I'm already there now. I'm, I'm there now. Another significant characteristic of common law, but I wouldn't mind hearing Eric's comment first. You're right. Well, I, was going going to comment. I was going to say this. Uh, basically, Charles, and what you were trying to say is case law, uh, back then, they were just trying to hone it and trying to fine-tune it to a, to a better so, uh, outcome. But through the time, it got, uh, what do you call the word? Uh, Hijacked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. They had good intentions in the beginning for case law to fine-tune and to, to make it uh, a better solution outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's as, right, Rick. As Rick, as you'll see, the the judges did part from traditional common law techniques, okay, to emphasize more of the Roman civil features in their decisions. So this sentence starts off another significant characteristic of common law is the doctrine of precedent, under which the judges or although, or juries, right? For although common law normally recognizes precedent as binding, judges not only may occasionally depart from precedent when it appears right to do so, but they may distinguish between various precedents in evolving the new law. Moreover, times and conditions change with changing society, and every age should be mistress of its own law. An era an era should not be hampered by outdated law. It is revolting, wrote Mr. Justice Holmes in, char uh, in characteristically forthright language. He, he said, to have no better reason for a rule of law than that it was so laid down in the time of Henry the, the IV. In other words, he's saying, he said, it, it is revolting to have no better reason for a rule of law than that it was so laid down in the time of Henry the Fourth, you know. So I think Donald it, Sutton, again, again, let me finish this. It's almost over here. It is still more revolting if the grounds upon which it was laid down have vanished long since, and the rule simply persists from blind imitation of the past. What we're doing on this call, right? It, what Charles is about is actually it's kind of a, a it's never been established in America. It is a evolving form of, of the common law. And it's, I like to think it's based on traditional common law and that will actually, you know, push us to a place of, of where, where it's more transparency between the government and the communities. Well, I think the oh. key word, though, that what you just read, judges, all right, you're leaving it, putting it back into the legal society when we stood first started that Charles had said the common law came from the communities. Well, then replace it, was, it with juries. It no replace the word judge. judges with juries. Because that's all the judge is doing is taking and filling in the de facto position for the jury, when, because there are no juries right now, uh, common law juries. It's all offices vacant, right, Charles? Right. Uh, and that, that's basically what uh, Double Eagle and I are saying is, is the common law... <laughs> Should not be part of any legalese or whatever. Just cut and dry. It's kind of like playing five card stud. Here's my cards. One, two, three, four, five. Let's go off of them cards. Here's what I have. 
And as common law justice of the peace, I would be able to stray from from any type of precedent, uh, you know, in my determination if there was not a jury assembled in, in order to protect my community if I was head of my household and had my status recognized uh, and went unrebutted. The only, the only case law that we should go to is God's laws. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay, you. I can hear you. Case law is not codified, though. Either you know, it's not codified, meaning there's no statute or constitution for it. Well, there's. It's unwritten law. Case law is described as unwritten law. That actually comes directly out of this book. So if you look about uh, maybe midway down. There's a section which actually states that, you know, it, the unwritten law is case law. Well, uh, I, I, there's a lot of ambiguity in your choice of words there, Don. Okay. I can accept that analysis. Well, well, the, the fact is that... that, that uh, common law has been written about. Okay, the, 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 the technicality comes in in the in the Roman system. They passed a statute or established case law. All the, those judges like to pretend like their their hands are bound. They got to go ahead and support the military police state because that's what their interpretation of the um, uh, uh, the case law or statutes commands them to do. So, gee whiz, they can't be concerned about real organic justice. They got to uphold the military police state. Well, that's that's fundamentally repugnant to the higher law and and, and true comprehension of what common law is all about. Rejects such okay. a stupid proposition. Right. You're what? Okay. Exactly. See, in other words, natural law proposes to preclude positive law. Positive laws again are uh, 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 tricky like I, for it. Like I okay, well, well, there's a difference between positive law and natural law according to the judicial process of our of our our current system. Yeah, agreed, agreed. That that's where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Word. We have come to a, a nice consensus on the subject matter, I believe. Uh, our consensus may be indecipherable to others listening here. <laughs> <laughs> so, to to describe the difference, I'll read another couple paragraphs here. The three kinds of law cited above are are progs of positive law, the type of law with which we will be concerned throughout this book. That's what they talk about as positive law. It is held to derive from man for the purpose of ruling man. It is a command based upon the relationship between ruler and rule. Its primary nature is that it is man-made. It springs from no source higher than the human will. This is what John Chipman Gray alluded to when he defined a man's legal right as power which he has to make a person or persons do or refrain from doing a certain act or act as far as the power arises from society. In other words, according to the tenets of positive law, as defined by John Austin, the English utilitarian jurist from 1790 to 1859, who, inspired by the French social uh, theorist Auguste Comte, became the founder of an analytical school of jurisprudence law, consists of, of definite rules of human conduct, right, with appropriate sanctions for their enforcement, both of these being prescribed by duly constituted human authority. Now, natural law 
right? But in the eyes of many, this, guys, this applies to you guys, uh, there is another category of law, natural law, known as higher law or the law of nature. It is law which would be binding upon human societies in the absence of or as a supplement to positive law, and I'll leave it at that because you can read it later. Um, uh, Double Eagle or Rick, do you guys have comments or questions? I've got a line of thought, but I want to break for you guys or anybody else who has comments. Uh, no, I don't. Go ahead, Charles. All right. Um, uh, I want to uh, – I just posted a web link in the chat room that I've gone over with Don. Um, uh, uh, and um, I, there's um, – a number of important passages there. The title of the, the document that I'm referencing is um, uh, Of the Civil Law and the Common Law by a Professor Samuel Tyler uh, from Department of Columbia College in Washington, D.C. Uh, briefly here. There have grown up in the history of nations only two great systems of law, okay? The Civil Law of Ancient Rome and the Common Law, common law of England, period. That's a real good statement to, to, to meditate on for a little bit because all admiralty maritime administrative stuff is all under equity jurisprudence. All of that is all Roman civil law. Common law of England is different. Uh, that's my ad lib. Going on in this um, first paragraph here, I'll just stop at the end. All the most civilized nations of the world are governed by either of these two schemes of justice. Though the civil law and the common law have much in common, yet in many important particulars, they are opposites of each other. Um, the student of law finds so much said in an incidental way about the civil law that is calculated to mislead his judgment in regard to the true character of that scheme of justice that is important from the outset of his walks over the field of the common law to give him an account of the civil law and to point out where it differs from the common law. This matter this is a matter of much importance to every student who aspires to a comprehensive and enlightened knowledge of jurisprudence. Um, um, and it goes on. Uh, further on in here, the essential gleanings are, uh, well, one, one more quote here to try to draw it into a clearer focus. Um, quotations. Um, 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 the, mo the moment we attempt to discover from the writers what statutes are real and what are personal, and, and the, the, the most extraordinary confusion is presented. Their defini definitions often differ, and when they agree in their definitions, they dispute as to their application. Um, uh, um, this, this is talking about the Roman civil law and criticizing it and quoting Mr. Justice Story of the U.S. Supreme Court in his conflicts of laws when speaking on the civilians who have treated the subject in his book says, quote, the civilians of contemporary Europe, um, blah, 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 in their works, they abound with theoretical distinctions which serve little purpose other than to provoke idle discussions and metaphysical subtleties which perplex if they do not confuse the inquirer. Um, precedents, too, precedent, we're talking about judicial precedent here, too, have not in their courts of continental Europe or the judicial discussions of their jurists the same force as authority which we, under the common law, are accustomed to attribute them. And it is unavoidable that many differences of opinion will exist amongst them, 
even in relation to legal principles. Such is the fluctuating wind of doctrine with which the judicial mind is liable to veer under the civil law institutions where precedents have but little force. So see, this type of document, these, these principles that are being articulated here, they point to points of stability in the law. Because in the Roman civil system, when the new emperor comes, it's like shifting back and forth between the Democratic and Republican Party in the USA. Gee whiz, we've got we've got mandatory Obamacare uh, uh, for eight years here under Obama, and then gee whiz, Trump comes in as a Republican, <laughs> takes the whole thing out, and our pendulum shifts over to a whole different system. But see, and all of that's in conflict with common law, because in common law, the pendulum wouldn't be swinging back and forth between different polarities, because we would be building consensus uh, through the judiciary over the fundamental principles of, uh, that are well-established through judicial opinion. And especially if those judicial opinions are based upon unanimous jury verdicts from 12 qualified electors, then we got real rock-solid stability, and everybody will know what their rights are, and everybody will live in peace. I yield. As usual, Charles, that was kind of a mouthful. But thanks for the document. And yeah, what I got no. out of that, though, was uh, what you said, said Charles. Basically, it's creating, it's creating uh, diversity. Uh, like the Obamacare administration and all that, what they've done there, it's creating uh, diversity. Well, instability. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with diversity. It's good to encourage people to go off and explore their own pathways, generally speaking. But when we're talking about establishing, deciding who goes to jail and things like that, it's nice to have a solid set of standards. So uh, if you're smoking marijuana uh, in, 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 in one time and place, uh, you're not thrown in jail when in another time and place, it's just fine to do that. Same with alcohol. You know, for a while they had alcohol illegal, but now everybody can indulge in it and it's no big deal. Well, see, it's bad policy to be throwing people in jail for things that are out of harmony with natural law. And, and I dare say when they're prohibiting uh, doing the malum prohibitum trash where they're trying to social engineer people, um, uh, that always is, is detrimental to the larger welfare of society. Keyword social engineer. Yep, social engineer. And, 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 and what, what Charles is pointing out is that these judges in the, in the de facto could, if they wanted to, stray from that Roman, Roman civil law pre, uh, precedence that's been set by you know, the Supreme Court if they saw that there was a common law tradition in a community sprouting up with a with with ev evidence by conduct of the parties. Well, yeah, that's and we would have to hold uh, their what? feet to, hold their feet to the fire. I yield. What were you saying, uh, Eric? There's, that's why there's one less in the Supreme Court right now, mm -hmm. or two less. Mm -hmm. I got the man. You're you're on it, dude. You're on point. I'm really feeling good about you. I was worried, but now I feel I feel a little a little better. You know, Rick Rick's seeming pretty good there, and, and I'm really glad Double Eagle's sharing with us here too. And um, um, although it looks like maybe he hung up, are you still with us, Double Eagle? Uh, I, I think we may have lost him. 
Okay, point, well, Carl, about natural law, I apologize. Go ahead. Did you want to speak? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was rambling. Your natural law, you know, when you read the, the book or the judicial process and it goes into the difference between common law and natural law, um, you know, it brings up all the things that you've spoken about it, about natural law, you know, and how, how common law of England is, is the embodiment, you know, of that that natural law. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's that's I think what the people were actually going for, which is evidenced through the Magna Carta as well as the Declaration of Independence um, here, which was the establishment that made it possible to even have an Articles of Confederation. So uh, it's pretty cool to you know to hear you talking about natural law and then do the research, find out that it is it is kind of intrinsically um, endowed. Uh, with respect, for, for, you know, under common law. Congratulations on being so so highly educated. I always brag about you, Charles. Oh, by the way, everybody, uh, if you haven't seen Charles's video where he uh, stands the this board of supervisors uh, up on their claim of uh, the county court, saying that there's a county court judge, uh, and, and and he actually goes in and and and. He says he presumes that the office is vacant, and they basically go speechless. I highly recommend going to watch it. You'll see the reactions of the people uh, listening. Almost, they just don't know what to say. And uh, so, and they, I would use that in the future too, you know, to send to people uh, to evidence um, that the question does exist. And I yield. Thank you for the well, kind words. Where might you watch this video at? YouTube. I'll post a web link on it in the in the chat window here within sixty seconds. Here, uh, let me pull it up. Um, now that video can be used as persuasive authority, right, Charles? Uh, yes, 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 yes. It's 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 evidence. Um. Whenever you're ready, Charles, I want to talk about the ideas um, that uh, regarding the head of household and service or sending information via um, via the e email, registered email. And then also we would talk about uh, the posting on the forums of the city instead of in the newspaper for public notice. If you're, if you're okay with me venturing into that area, uh, I would like you know go there. Sure. Um, um, when you're I've ready. Got, when you're ready. I, I've got the video link posted in the chat window. Um, um, unless there's any objection, uh, Don has the floor. Hearing no objection, Don. Thank you. The the need for us to make public notice as head of household, I'm finding to be much very important. And because this is how we're going to be able to, uh, you know, acquire rebuttals to our position or our not current belief system, whatever it is we believe to be the case. And uh, most of the time, people put their legal notices in newspapers, and it's costly. It can cost like thirty bucks or something. But I had an idea earlier to um, call the city. 
and find out if they had any social forums where people could go and interact and talk about con concerns or, or make public notices and stuff like that. And they actually did have something. Um, on SFMTA's website, they have their little forums. Plus, I found out that the city has a Twitter account, which, which could be used to create a short message about the township and give, give it, and, and your status as head of household, then give a link right to you know whatever document or 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 website or or uh, informational you're 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 relying on where you have the full you know read more kind of like outlet where people can actually go and read more about your claim that you're making legal notice but it's also it's 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 free so i highly recommend that we we kind of get a consent going around the, the, the direction for public notice, that way we can kind of get that out of the way. Maybe we can acquire consent, uh, assent to the to this process by, by the next week's call, Charles? Yeah, which that, that is one of numerous uh, uh, housekeeping duties that we do need to get clarified. Uh, we need to have proper focus of public outreach, public notices of what we're moving forward with. Um, yeah, I, I think we have consensus there, Don. Okay, great. Because, yeah, it's super important, I believe, to get those rebuttals, you know, and then get them again. Try to get rebuttals. Post for 60 days, for 90 days, you know, and, uh, and, and just go above and beyond you know and then send your your evidence of your posting and non and no one rebutting send that evidence into the local local judge and from as a letter rogatory informing him of the status see you're in one jurisdiction he's in another you see the letter rogatory is used from you know it's basically from one judge to another in different jurisdictions you're at you know it's a request for help basically um and well, so um yeah i think it's likely that as we move forward and we build our community and our our words become more sharpened and capable of cutting to the core uh, of the issues um I think we're going to be yes. able to get those judges to back off and step down from their positions of control in the court as we start training our justices of the peace, judicial officers, to assume proper venue-specific jurisdiction of, of all of the cases at the county level. Um, um, at that point, um, um, we will be able to embarrass those judges off of the bench, I think because uh, our law is self-evident as being superior to theirs. And so there's a liability with attempting to micromanage too far in advance. I think mm -hmm. we're proceeding forward with, with, with good general patterns here as, as we're, we're moving and we're building community. I think we had more mm -hmm. people in this conference than we have in the past two or three conferences here. Um, and so we're growing. <laughs> Step slow and steady. Go ahead. You're right. Well, I have a service that I want to provide to everybody on the call. Um, you know, that is uh, seriously considering being, you know, making notice of qualified elector status, of having been having been 
author uh, a, a, elected by the Lord Charles Stewart. Okay, and uh, or someone else as who is a qualified elector. I think that that uh, I would be willing to, um, you know, we need to act as th- part third party services for each other and, and as witnesses to our um, public notices. So get your public notice together with the oath of of office for qualified elector and send it to me. Then I will I will send it to your local uh, city or county uh, forum, you know, and I'll be your your third-party sender, basically, as witness, you know, that, yeah, that actually happened. And I'll get you guys a digital trail. That way you can know that it was received, you know, in in any email box and opened, you know. Uh, Now, this is, of course, the process involves um, doing, sending the information Having it posted and get, getting no rebuttals, then you take your, your that information and you, con, you know, compile a you know, a letter ascending or whatnot. And by doing that, then you're gonna you know you're gonna send that email out to people and also you know through me or, or Charles or one of the people here that want to do it. And this yeah, way, you know, you're covered on all your bases. Like, it'll it sounds like what you're advocating will more effect, effectively document the habit of the defects to enter into Honda. default when we present complaints to them and things? Um, say that again? They they will default. The the process you're talking about will will document the fact that these people have defaulted after they've been properly served with complaints and things. Well yeah, that's that's one way of using it. Absolutely. Because it's super fast, it's not snail mail. It's directly into the inbox of their agent or whoever it is that's working for that, you know. Right, entity. right, right. Do you have a web link to the company that you're talking about using the services of? It, yeah, we, I do. It's, it's actually called R Post. If you go out and Google R Post, I can put the link in there. But I've already signed up for the service. It's like $199 for a year of of 100 emails per month. So we need to hop on this because it's already been almost six months, and I haven't really used well, that why don't email. You post, if you can post the web link so post we can uh, investigate it, then we will be more comfortable using the service there, Brother Don. Absolutely. It's all encrypted. If you can encrypt. You can track and prove. It's very, very reliable from what I understand. Let me give you guys the link. I yield the mic for a while. Thank, Thank you, Charles. Um, it looks like we lost Rick. Um, uh, so it's me, Don, um, South Indiana, Marvin. Marvin, how you doing? Uh, we haven't got a chance to talk about Sam's case there much. You, you feel like talking about Sam's case at all, Marvin? Oh, there ain't much going on right now on our end. We are kind of at a dead standstill. Yeah, I saw Sam got sentenced to six years, right? Yeah, it's been reappealed, but they uh, they uh, choose to, to, to use another man, and they kind of kicked us out of the picture. So um, we're just kind of sitting here on a we're on a wait on it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, Shorty was in the conference earlier, and he indicated that. Um, 
similarly that that you're kind of waiting for more developments here. I I understand uh, you and others have, have kind of placed it in the hands of um, uh, an attorney or uh, other counselors or something. There is. Do you know who's in control of the case at this point? It's not an attorney. It's just an individual. Um, okay. Can you share it's the an name? Individual. It's an individual that was uh, was helping Samuel clean to begin with, and there's really nothing showing yet that he has done anything. We haven't seen anything he has done. Um, we're trying to get information. Uh, that's kind of what we're waiting on is for some of the information or some some of the work he has done. He is not willing to work with anyone, no one, and he's a pretty. They're paying him quite a bit, so I think he's just milking the thing, doing nothing. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was picking up from Shorty too. Um, I'm glad that um, um, uh, you're you're sharing your personal opinion there because that provides additional light that I respect. Um, um, yeah, um, um, yeah. I, I'm glad you're sharing that. Do you, do you have any idea how long we're going to be entangled in Sam's case with um, this other fellow that don't seem to be the optimal choice for leading the case forward? Well, right now we are um we're trying to figure out what what he is he filed a paper, but it was only seven days before the hearing, and we're trying to figure out what he filed, try to get a copy of it to see what it is, so we can review it um, to see what he's actually doing, see if he's doing anything worthwhile waiting on for waiting you know the to see if he's doing anything worthwhile doing. If he's not doing anything, then we're going to go ahead and set up a special master and move forward with it. Okay. Well, you, you've heard how we're working towards a jury verdict right here, haven't you? Yes. Uh, I, I think we could do something similar with Sam's case if we had uh, enough case files uh, that, that people could, could review to get familiar with what's going on. Um, um, if you or anybody can, Shorty or anybody can send me some case files so that we can start a repository of, of files online that people on the internet can look at to become familiar with Sam's case, then then we can start working towards 12 people that that um, uh, have studied the case sufficiently to to be confident uh, as to whether or not justice is being served by keeping Samuel in prison, or if perhaps justice would better be served by having him released immediately. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a petition online that's been going on, and there's over 30,000 signatures on that petition to have him released. Well, if, 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 if those 30,000 people, rather than just do a petition in, in dysfunctional civil government from Rome, if if those thirty thousand would would um, uh, uh, organize first with leaders as twelve people as a jury, and and, and perhaps uh, maybe two thousand or so uh, uh, people under each juror, 
um, uh, affirming that they're they're correct. Um, at that point, uh, our thirty thousand people would be organized behind the more powerful judicial yes. process, which is capable of making demands and asserting right. sovereignty rather than whining for privileges. Like the very nature of petitions is all about whining for privileges, you know. Yes, I can have twelve, uh, twelve jury jurors uh, tomorrow on that case. Well, I've talked to Shorty about this. I don't know why he isn't picking up on it. I love Shorty like a brother. Maybe you and I should just try to work to this um, uh, more directly ourselves here, because if I know enough about the case, I can compose a general two- or three-page jury verdict document with just 12 signature lines underneath it, and, and at that point we can start moving forward with something like that. And we can yeah. do it electronically, you guys. We can do it all electronically, and it can happen in 20, less than 24 hours. Sounds right. Everything's huh? signed by everyone. Yeah, yeah. We we can cut fast and quick with a broadsword here. We don't need to be bogged down in the dysfunctional Roman civil thing, judiciary, that's all goofed up and routinely obstructs the cause of justice. The justice delayed is justice denied, and Samuel suffered enough evil uh, uh, at the hands of those Romanists that, that that we need to go ahead and pull our act together and, and start bringing forth justice to the best of our ability forthwith. But Charles, one, one key element for me seems to be missing, and that is the fact that I haven't actually made public notice of my status as head of household here where I'm at. And uh, I think I think that's going to be the, the catalyst. Once we all, as an organized jural society, have the correct status, you know, we, we can all act as a unit well, at that point. It's going to be very, very difficult to stop that kind of process from, from, from happening. You know, it's not, it's not simulation of a legal process because everything that we are doing is backed up by history as well as um, – by by precedent well settled law mhm well well settled right yeah yeah see there's not hasn't been a different jury coming in and and revamping the verdict of one jury here this is all uncontested law we comprehend solid organic natural traditional law at any that's what we're based on the, our process absolutely yeah. Uh, you know, Charles. If 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 anything, we've made we've given notice that of our of our you know status as qualified electors in each of these different head townships. Okay, and and if we don't accomplish anything by coming to Samuel's aid, you know, if we don't get him out or whatever, if it, if they don't accept it, right? At least we've on the record we've done something to help an individual, but we've also helped ourselves. Well. It, it, yeah, it, it, at least it's, it's a, a win win. It's a win win. But, but it's more than that because uh, when, uh, those of us that research how real law works know that a jury trial verdict is the highest and most powerful uh, type of a judicial process that's available in our entire American constitutional system of government. That, that is clearly inferred from the wording of the Seventh Amendment. Okay, it, um, and 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 thereunder. Um, um, 
when when we get when we start becoming organized and we start issuing our own unanimous 12 qualified elective jury verdicts at that point we shove it in the face of the de facto's it's going to send shockwaves through their entire judicial structure because nobody else is doing this everybody else is over there doing commercial law or administrative law or or gobbledygook that's all part of the roman evil empire civil goofball system um um, nobody's doing true pure common law with unanimous twelve-person jury trial verdicts, I, right. and, or, and they're mm-hmm. under. It's it's going to be a game changer for for the 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 judicial officers in the Roman civil government because because they know they're smart enough to know that this is where the, the, the Roman civil government becomes obsolete and they either start acting like qualified electors in a common law jural society community of their own or else they're on the outside. I love it. We well, can change the, we could change yeah. the venue venue of the court then. Yeah. Yes, yes. We need to change the venue. Who is that talking? This is Marvin. You don't mind me asking? Marvin, hello. Yeah. I don't think we've actually spo- spoken before, but it's nice to meet you. We have spoken. Where are you at, Marvin? Indiana. Indiana, okay. Yeah. Cool. Are you, You're a qualified elector right now? Yeah. I mean, he's qualified, you guys. And uh, I recognize so Marvin as being a qualified elector. Right, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I can I can recognize that as well. He sounds like a good dude. Um, so that's double double backed right there. I I've been recognized by Charles as well as Wonderan uh, already on uh, you know on these calls. It's been recorded, and yeah. uh, so you can consider yourself a qualified elector in Indiana right now uh, um, because um, of this call. But I also probably not just that. I think the thing that's going to solidify it is when, when we actually do make the claim of head of household. I can't stress that enough, Charles. Why aren't people taking that a little more seriously? Well, I I don't think it's the priority that you consider it is there, Brother Don. Um, the, uh, um, no doubt that head, headship of household is an essential element of qualified electors, um, but that can be defined broadly. And um, 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 and and further, the issue between public and private comes into play because remember, uh, <clears throat> the de facto's have no um, uh, uh, authority from their jurisdiction to question whom we collectively recognize as qualified electors. And so, if twelve of us recognize each other as qualified electors at the same time that we're issuing a jury verdict, they've got no authority. To question because we're private to them. Okay, our, yeah. our judicial officer is just doing this in support of the fact that our judicial officer is affirming that he's got a legitimate common law jury verdict here that that basically shuts down their jurisdiction under the Seventh Amendment, and thereunder they need to back off and turn Marvin loose. I, I, I say, Charles, that's awesome. So beautiful. And you know what needs to happen is is I know you're saying that head of household is not necessary, right, to make that on the record. But if we did that, if every one of us did that, I'm just trying to add a little fuel to the fire here. 
I believe it would give us more chutzpah behind our, sure, sure. You know, our it, energy. It, it's, a, it's a good additional step, kind of like securing your birth certificate. It's not really necessary for the cause of justice, but it is nice to have your paperwork in order. That's it. It's a paper trail of authority, and that's what I am all about. I love that. Being able to evidence through my conduct my course of dealings with people. You see? Yeah. There's only five of us on the conference at this time. Me, Don, Marvin, uh, Quilla, and somebody named Hearing. I, I haven't heard anything from Hearing before. Hearing, would you like to say hi or voice any concerns or comments? You're nothing. How about you, Aquila? Yeah, let's hear from Aquila. Hello, how are you? Hey, Aquila. Yeah. How are you doing? Okay, so far. Very good, thank you. Okay, what's going on? Now we're trying to bring justice to the common people here. In in the words of Charles, justice delayed is justice denied. I have a question. I believe the last time I was on this call, um, Charles, you was made a statement, something about removing a couple of people out of office, and I believe one was Donald Trump. Is that true? I said that it was within the authority of a common law court to remove Donald Trump from office. I believe I did say that, yes. Okay. And why so? I mean, did he do something wrong or something's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, um, he didn't take the correct oath. I can evidence that. Well, yeah. There's lots of little things. My my big thing where I turned against Trump was when he uh, sent in those military planes to bomb that airport in Syria and, and killed a number of the Syrian military people. That was uncalled for. That was just as bad as anything Obama did, I think. Um, uh, and uh, there's other entanglements. The, the Mr. Trump is increasing military expenditures and the American version of empire. Um, uh, to be clear, I, I thank God that Mr. Trump edged out Hillary Clinton because she's a much worse evil in my mind. No doubt, and and I thank God that he did that, and he saved us from the evil pit of hell that Hillary Clinton would have brought forth. But he's not the optimal. Per- We've got two hundred or three hundred. We got lots of people in America, okay, well over two hundred million. Um, uh, that 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 uh, we're under. There's lots of people that are qualified. Probably uh, at least five of the people in 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 the conference tonight uh, uh, would have been superior to Donald Trump in leading this nation just because our people have more respect for the rule of law. Donald Trump is, doesn't have any real respect for the rule of law. He, he, he's, he, he's, he's feeding the polarity between uh, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans. The, the Democrats now are talking about burning down cities and all kinds of stuff with the radical stuff, and 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 Donald Trump is is, is feeding the flames on that with with his want to build a wall and uh, opposition to sanctuary cities and things like that. Um, um, so and not, anyways, not, not just that, I, but he's also problems with Mr. Trump. Yeah. Point of interest, Charles, on this is 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 that. Uh, he has also stated 
publicly that he will eradicate extremism in all of its forms. And, you know, yeah. that's pretty ambiguous. It's very ambiguous. Okay. And, 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 and Republicans are notorious for building nastier military police states than, than the Democrats. And um, uh, Richard Nixon and the Bush administration are primary examples. They usually take the military police state to a higher and uh, uglier level than what the Democrats do. And um, so I, I'm, his, his administration is kind of new here still, just since the beginning of the year. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting in anticipation for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, to where the, the warm and fuzzy mask comes off and he starts doing the real nasty stuff like George Bush started doing right after September 11th, right after he was elected. Mm. Wow. Well, what, uh, you know, what, which way would you uh, go about doing it? Uh, you're talking about bringing forth a jury verdict to adjudicate um, uh, uh, the legitimacy of Mr. Trump's claim to the office of the presidency of the United States, yes? Oh, so that's what you wish to do. Okay. Um, well, you, I, I thought what we were building on. I thought that's what he you was were clarifying. building on. If I, if yeah, you yeah. Weren't building no, I'm just asking. I have no clue. He was clarifying uh, your huh? question. He wants to know your question. He He wasn't even, he didn't answer it. Yet. I'm I'm, I'm talking to Charles, but thank you, Donaldson. Yeah. So I was asking him how would he go about to do so. Do so what? I, ch- I outlined what I thought oh, you were I'm talking, talking about. about the, so yeah, Trump. We you were said you didn't about know Trump. what you so meant. We were talking about Trump. That was the yeah, next question. Yeah. 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 Move Trump from office through through a common law uh, jury process, right? Okay, that's what you wish to do. Okay. Sure, now let me ask you. what you were pr- trying to build on. It's not just me taking the subject here. It's you and oh, the no, no. whoever's involved. Yeah. On it. Huh? No, I, I heard you were the only one talk about it, so that's why I was asking you about it. You, I guess you was the one that made the statement, so I was. what did you mean by that? That's all I was asking. Now, my other question would be, I guess, um, did you or Donald Charles, or Donaldson, or anyone for that matter, vote for um, Trump? So what? Vote, okay. Donaldson or you, Charles? Let me, uh, let me answer that. You I'll answer. No, that's Charles. okay. I want to, I wish you vote, Charles, Charles? To I wish Charles to answer. Thank you. And you can also answer as well, Donaldson. So I said Donaldson and Charles, whoever else wishes to answer. And uh, Charles, do you want to go first? for Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I did not vote for Donald Trump. I didn't vote okay. for anybody. I actually Donaldson? didn't vote either. I'm not a registered voter. Okay. De facto. No, it's a fact. I never Do we have to? Let vote, me ask you. So. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's a problem that we didn't vote if we? I'm not. By the way, I'm not complaining about Donald Trump. Because the de facto can do what it wants to do. Okay, but you were asking it, as long as it doesn't harm the culture. What was your question, though, um, Donaldson? I think I was just kind of chiming in with you there. It, you know, whether or not uh, did you Who's vote? Was this, uh, did you uh, vote? I have Trump? never voted in my life. Okay. So why did you ask the question? 
I'm just curious. What's your purpose? Oh, I'm listening. Did you guys have a vote, or do you vote? And that's what I was well, asking that, about. Right. That would I believe voting is you know in their de facto system is actually mm-hmm. putting creating a minimum contact with the de facto state enough mm-hmm. to, for them to presume jurisdiction, okay, over me as a man. Therefore, okay. I don't vote. Well. I'll just share this. I believe there's a, another way. Your remedy is always there. You just want to have to find it and know what that remedy is. I mean, because I hear a lot of complaints about what the other side is doing. No, I don't agree with what the other side is doing in some cases. depends what it is. From what I hear, I can only go by what I hear. Um, I'm talking about the legal system. That's what I'm speaking about. Um, but I don't even deal with I try not to deal with them at all on anything. If I was not need for other things, if it's not need for like if I need the police for some reason to call someone's uh you know, cause me harm or everything, of course, but most of the time I just go on with my life. I don't deal with them at all if I don't have to. And if I see a need to to help someone else, I'll try to do that. So, but as I said, I just go on with my life day by day, step by step, and I don't, I I wish they would change, but that some change has to come with knowledge, you know, meaning the more I wake up, the more I know what's going on and how it actually is supposed to work, then there's your remedy there. Because I believe at one point I'll speak about me getting power to the other side, if you will, like as if there's something. To me, it's like there. It's the legal side. It's like the ant farm. Okay, you got the president of the ant farm. It's just another or the Boy Scout. Or, you know, that's the way I see. And they have no power over me. Okay, only God, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, I have power over me. And that's who I follow. That's my higher authority. Who I listen to. Um, it works very well for me. I'm just only to say. And I've learned things in time in my life, and especially over the last couple of years, has opened my eyes tremendously. And I see a better way to deal with this issue, you know, and I don't mind hearing that, you know. But this is your show, Charles. You know, I'm not trying to take over. I'm just sharing that point of view. And I believe you'll have a peaceable outcome, sort of like, Dr. Martin Luther King, it was before my time, but from what I hear, it was a peaceable manner, and Rosa Parker is still a continue to fight with the other side. You just, they just stopped writing the bus at all. And when they lost so much money or they decided to change, whatever, it worked. What the reason they changed, I, only I hear because they lost a lot of money, but there's always a correct way of going back, and that's what I choose. If I say I'm a woman, great, I'm going to act like it. I depend on God for my all in all. I mean, if God puts someone in my life, you know, I come on the show, somebody say something, or tell their story, their testimony, that helps me along the way a lot, um, and I hear about others. And as I say, it works for me very well. It's, I'm, I'll say I'm at peace now, so <laughs> 
get too angry anymore or hostile because there's no need for it. And I test some of this, what I've learned, and it worked very well for me at the courts if I went for whatever reason, but most time I don't really go at all um, so far. I, you know, once again, I thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just share, you know, just uh, I hope in time, you know, if I do a show, I might speak upon that, um, how that works, you know, and I'll just say some basic things because I think you can find the remedy yourself. I mean, everybody can. As far as if you get pointed in the right direction, know what to do. And after a while, it'll start making sense. Hopefully, you'll get it. Okay? Sounds good. Are you there? Do I? Or? Oh, yeah. I would like to have a point of information here, if you don't mind. The mixing of common law and statutory law. Uh, from the judicial process states England and the United States today have legal systems based on the common law that readily and naturally found its way across the Atlantic Ocean from the mother country to the colonies but although it must be categorized as a common law system the Anglo-American legal framework in effect now consists of a mixture of common and statutory law A great deal of contemporary law is necessarily statutory. It is coded. However, this is a relatively recent development. For although statutes as a basis of Anglo-American law were not unknown, they played no really significant role until the second quarter of the 19th century. The mixture came into its own largely, although certainly not exclusively, as a result of the perpetuating conservatism of the common law, particularly in the realm of the sanctity of private property based on the overriding concept of economic laissez-faire. With the advent of a rising spirit of common social consciousness and responsibility and a gradual movement toward the service or welfare state on both sides of the ocean, legislative bodies everywhere, but considerably more so, more slowly in the United States than in the United Kingdom, commenced to change or even displace the age-old concepts and practices of the common law in favor of what were viewed as primary considerations of necessary public interest. Nonetheless, common law remained as an important basis of legislative motivations and actions, and often An enacted statute would, as indeed it still does today, simply spell out certain aspects of the grand sweep of common law. Furthermore, no legislative body, and sometimes not even the executive, is consistently or even largely capable of pinpointing in writing all the aspects and ramifications of a statute or order, nor that necessarily be desirable even if it were possible, nor would that be uh, desirable if it were possible. The result, and this is the last paragraph here, the result is interpretation, usually first by administrative units, then often by the courts. And as we shall have the opportunity to observe, when courts interpret, they cause statutes to grow and contract. This interpretation becomes part of the statutes and orders, thus giving them 
meaning in the spirit and application of the common law. Truly, England and America resort to a framework of law that is generally wholesome, a wholesome blend of common, statutory, and equity laws. I believe I can post, I can post this so you guys can read more, but I, be, I think this is a great little introduction to the judicial system here. It gives a lot of background, you know. I mean, the, well, Don, and the takeaway from the, the takeaway from this, in, what's that? What you read there does sound valuable and insightful. I, I would appreciate you could post the web link to it. Yeah, I will. And, and you know, I, what do you think is the takeaway from that, Charles? Well, it's it's it, it's showing the various degrees of uh, uh, adulterations and and. Um, um, yeah, adulterations, I think, is a good word for the, how common law has, has been progressively watered down and the history of it, It's actually been uh, pendulum swinging back and forth. Um, there are times where common law principles have been more respected, and then a new king comes in, and then common law principles are less respected. Um, but but there there's inherent problems, and I, and I see the you, from what you read, I forget the specific parts, but there's parts where um, uh, the the uh, the common law was constricted because common law allows for juries in in local communities to to adjudicate matters in a natural organic manner. Uh, the 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 entrenched version of common law, uh, the Roman Empire version of common law. It was was much less organic and fluid, and so there was a polarity where the right wingers were saying, "No, no, no, we got to have our military police state mechanisms here," and then that provides opportunity for the social engineering leftists to come in and say, "Oh no, you're not being fair. Uh, you're not concerned about the welfare of the common working class people and stuff," which they frequently weren't, and 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 that. Um, uh, allows them to uh, sprout a whole new jurisdiction in equity where all the left-wing slaves go over there and petition the equity chancellor, and the equity chancellor uh, uh, gives them a remedy that is more in harmony with the laws of nature and nature's God than the dysfunctional um, common law system that the right-wing Roman Empire champions are, are, are uh, doing through the so-called common law courts of England. And thereunder, you've got a polarity back and forth between what turned into in America the right, the Republican and Democratic Party, and there you're seeing the pendulum swinging back and forth, with it never stopping on the solid middle ground of our common law rights. I yield. Okay, Charles, listen to this. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about equity and the equity courts, and I've also heard. You know some some negative comments about equity as as being you know the king's courts and this and that right uh, it's, it's chancery right and we heard that tonight from a couple of people that got on in the earlier stages of your call um, but this book is is stating that uh, equity which was born you know hundreds of years ago and closely related to is and close, closely related to the common law is actually a supplement to the common law. Now that is intriguing, isn't it? Because yeah, because what they <laughs> can you go into detail as why would that be so intriguing? Why would I find an interest in that? I'll, I'll tell you why, and then you can comment on it if you'd like. 
it's because it's a hijacking of of the common law. You know, supplement to the common law, really? Precisely. Precisely. Well, yeah. So that happened around the see because it says here, although courts of chancery did not appear until the fifteenth century, equity courts arose in England in the fourteenth century, apparently as early as thirteen forty, as a result of a practice that permitted pointed litigant at common law to uh to law his plight before his sovereign. So so that's interesting, you know, when we're See, this is the importance of having your organized rural society. You know, the Lord on this call is Charles. Okay? He's the organizer. And uh, as a head of a household, you are the Lord. Okay? Uh, and so, I mean, when we're, when we're thinking in terms of petitioning the king, everyone in your household will have to petition you for, the, for what is the rule of the house. Should, can we do this? Can we not do that? We have this dysfunction. We need it settled, you know. And uh, so that's something that happens in your house, you know, in your household. So this is this is these are the principles of of, of natural law being played out in a legal society. I mean, it's 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 absolutely beautiful. If people know how to understand this reading right here, they'll benefit, I think, from it a lot. Yeah. Remember the common law maxim: a man's home is his own castle. That 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 it, um, if you want to avoid that being complete gibberish, you have to recognize that 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 common law maxim implies that each individual household is completely sovereign, at least as long as they responsibly self-govern under common law. Right, responsible self-governance under common law does not necessarily. Uh, um, do without, uh, you know, punishing your children by beating them. Okay, and what I'm saying is that no state has the authority to come in and take the kids because the parents are are punishing their kids with beatings or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I hate the fact that we have a communist-ish society whereby neighbors literally, you know, uh, act act like uh, eyes without a face. And uh, and report, you know, the the, the conduct of, of of families to uh, Roman civil law authorities. Okay, these people have no 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 clue exactly what society they're even living in, yet they want to follow the dictates of these tyrannical, uh, you know, uh, people in power. I don't the words I'm looking for are not there, but they'll come. Anyways, I yield the mic on that point right there. But again, the, the, this court of equity, it says here, it's uh, just just briefly, I, I said I'd yield. If anyone doesn't have anything else to say, I'll just continue reading about equity. It seems a little bit interesting. From the silence, I think people want to hear more. Charles, you okay with that? I'm okay. Uh, Aquila, um, did you have any comments or questions, or is Don good there? Well, I didn't want to keep interrupting, um, but um, as I said, I believe there's a better remedy of going about how to get remedy for self. I'll put it that way. And 
you know, I could share a whole lot more on it, but I don't want to take up all your time on this particular show. Um, so I hope, you know, if you wish, you guys, I'll do a show. I'm probably going to do one tomorrow, and I'll talk about it a little bit. I won't make my whole show about that because I talk about many topics. So I will talk about that one. And hopefully you can, uh, you know, uh, you know, hopefully that might help somebody, no matter who. And I'll just give my testimony. Okay? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Don, why don't you go ahead and do your reading there? Sure. Just to address um, Aquila's last statements, um, the the common law isn't the starting point of it is in customs, not customs of individuals, but the customs of courts governing communities. So the concept of, of common law for individuals is really not found in the, the records associated with the common law of England. I just want to point that out, a little curio of information for everybody. And, and, and Charles... I'm not this. I'm not saying that it's not possible to effectuate, okay, a uh, a new area of law in these through these drill societies, okay. What Aquila is talking about is good stuff, like individual sovereignty. That's great. We need to actually embody that, and I think by doing the drill societies, we are doing that, okay. Uh, but again, it would be a transformation of law due to changing times. And this is something that, uh, you know, law is well known for. It changes as times change. So there's nothing wrong necessarily with a new perspective on sovereignty, such as the one Aquila is, is dialoguing about, which I totally respect. There's a lot of people that are actually behind uh, that same ideology. And we need the energy of those people to, uh, to do what we're doing. So I yield the mic on that. Did you have something you were inclined to read, Don? I did. Um, I had to go to my historical foundations of the common law first so I could re- you know, report to Aquila. But regarding equity was what I was going to read. I was talking about the Chancery Court, the courts of Chancery. So let's go back to the judicial process. And we'll go from that. Um, Here it's talking about the nature of law, where it states, for centuries mankind has discussed the nature of law. In one way or another, it touches every citizen of every nation. Contact may be pleasant or unpleasant, tangible or intangible, direct or indirect, but it is nonetheless a constant force in the lives of people everywhere on the globe or on the planet. It says globe, but it is essentially that we have some understanding of its nature. It is essential that we have some understanding of its nature and of the human beings who interpret and administer it. What is law? What is law has been asked by priests and poets, philosophers and kings, by masses, no less than, than by prophets. 
A host of answers might be given, yet the answer to the question remains one of the most persistent and elusive problems in the whole range of thought. For one may well view the entire gamut of human life, both in thought and action, as being comprised within the concept law, although a legal system is in fact but part of a larger social order. It may seem strange that the true essence of such a ubiquitous phenomenon as law should be beyond the grasp of general human understanding. Since law deals with human conduct in order to grasp its nature, it would appear necessary merely to distinguish it from the other factors relating to that conduct, religion, science, morals, ethics, and customs. Yet herein lies the difficulty, so ably stated by James Coolidge Carter more than a half a century ago. Law, custom, conduct, life, different names for almost the same thing. True names for different aspects of the same thing are so inseparably blended together, law, customs, conduct, life, blended together, that one cannot be, one cannot even, cannot even be thought of without the other. <laughs> That's so true, right? No, no improvement can be effected in one without improving the other. And no retrogression can take place in one without a corresponding decline in the other. See, that is exactly what we're dealing with today, Charles. Whereby we're bringing this, these rural societies into the spotlight, and it will have an effect. Uh, it's not evidenced by our words alone. A lot of great scholars have put in many years, I'm sure, and uh, they, 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 they seem to understand the nature of the improvement of the system and how it actually affects everything else you know, around. Um, we're talking about conduct in general of the de facto system, the states. The states literally get money from the federal government for the general welfare of its, of its citizens. And um, this is this is what's interesting about the de facto system. It all uses the FRN, the Federal Reserve. I'm kind of getting a little off base here, but I'm pointing right now to uh, the nature of law, whereby we use Federal Reserve notes as part of a de facto system, which which is ultimately um, evidence, okay, of the the de facto characteristics you see what i'm saying by i think i think hartford van dyke is that his name has a book called uh, 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 creating currencies for local communities and i think something like that would be beneficial for everybody in the townships to begin to create their their little local currencies uh, you know, um, we could tithe with those currencies and be lawful, not using Federal Reserve notes, which is not a note at all. If you look at it, there's no note on on it. Real promissory note states that it's redeemable at the Treasury or wherever, right, for yada yada, for something, you know. Since the Federal Reserve note doesn't have any promise to pay on it. It's not really a promissory note. It's a de facto note. See, that's the evidence of a de facto system. 
if anyone can hear me, <laughs> please rebut this, because I would like to be put straight with my thinking about the de facto if I'm wrong. I yield the mic on that note. Uh, I didn't catch all the details there, Don, but you were sounding generally correct. Well, I was I was showing how we can we can truly see that we do live in a de facto under de facto regime by looking at the money by following the money. It's a de facto currency. Yep. That's how we're going to be able to see what we're living under. So if you want to be living du jour, right, what we have to do is we have to understand Title 12, Section 411, right, which is a code, right, and that's actually binding, that's binding law on the government, not on you or me. But it actually states that uh, Federal Reserve notes can be redeemed at the Treasury for lawful money. You know what that means, right? Not that Federal Reserve notes are not lawful money, but they are a substitute for lawful money, which is basically the same thing as lawful money. So when we use it in our common law, rural societies, we are not acting unlawfully necessarily because we, we're dealing with what we've been given under common law. Now, 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 it's up to us, I guess, to create the actual sovereignty at the local level. Yep. You know, so there's that. Can I say I something? Know, who, said, who said, yeah. Hi, sir. Hello. 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 I mean, of course, these are just, this is just me freestyling thinking out loud and reading and uh, hypothecating. So this is all entertainment purpose only until we actually put it down in writing. Anyone? Yeah. What's up, sir? How are you doing tonight? It's nice to hear your voice. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yes. You can hear me? Yes. Uh, have you guys heard of uh, Judge Anna Vaughn Wright? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Well, she's, uh, her idea of uh, having her own private banks and having her own currency, you know, uh, even having a gold coin like carrot bars, coins, you know, it's just really the best thing for everybody, I believe. It's a good proposition. There's a number of good propositions on the table. I'm not sure hers is the best. Yeah, I haven't heard of any more, any others. Okay, well, Hartford Van Dyke's got a community currency bank that is also an excellent proposition. Okay, thank you. Um, It would be nice if scholarship on these issues could come together and develop a consensus. That's why we're hosting these conferences, so that people with insight, valuable insights to contribute, can offer their valuable insights. And those of the rest of us that are concerned about um, um, bringing forth more uh, accountable and honorable government for our nation can affirm our support or rejection of, of the propositions that other scholars are bringing to the table, and they're under only the best propositions will percolate to the top and develop a consensus within our larger community. 
Right. Well, I was just thinking, uh, President Kennedy wrote his own, uh, made his own uh, currency, and that's why he got killed, one of the reasons. So why, when we get the republic, get a republic government, do the same thing Kennedy did for everybody? So, uh, yes, I would, right? Well, Hartford Van Dyke quotes that um, uh, the the red seal notes that Mr. Kennedy put in circulation. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. and and that's a large part of what Hartford's building on with his community currencies proposition. Terrific. Sounds great. Uh, First time I would make you guys talk. It's really informative. Just want to thank you for all the information you guys uh, gave. And uh, it won't be the first time I'll be here. I wasn't. Hey, so are you the are you the fellow that's uh, labeled hearing in the background there? You got a YouTube account? Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that was me. Sorry about that. Uh, it's no, a- I've come, but I was going back and forth uh, from your site to another site. If you created any noise, excuse me for that. All right, we're good. Glad to have you chiming in here, sir. Yeah, I was invited by uh, uh, Double Eagle. Ah, yes. A good man out of California. He was real active in the earlier parts of the conversation here, yes. Yeah, he's uh we we want to start um uh Judge Anna Van Rice uh um uh, said we should have a uh, a common law court, but he was talking about a common law jury. And she's saying that a common law courts courts can close de facto courts, just close them all up. That's true. And and we get back to the common law, you know, everybody. And yeah. basic, to me, common law, common law is New Testament law, where Yahushua, our Savior, said, love one another as I have loved you. That's the new law. And then uh, uh, St. Paul, Paul, Paul said that the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life, in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So everything that the world's law is, is sin and death. So we need to do away with that law and just establish the new covenant law of love, love one another as he loved us and nobody will get any hurt from anybody. Now, what do you do with people who don't do that? Uh, you, you love them. <laughs> love them into the kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of my premises is this: uh, just the last year or so, that I came to a revelation that <clears throat> Jesus said that the reign of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's here now. He. Why was it here now? Because it hadn't been here before. When did the law? of the reign of heaven go away. Well, Adam had everything to do with that. He, he, he allowed the law of sin and death to come into the earth. So Yahushua came to set us free from the law of sin and death, and we came back into the law of life. And uh, most people, I don't know how you folks believe, are waiting for him to come back to establish that reign, but the reign is here right now. And I can prove to you, I don't want to go through a whole discourse, but I'm a minister, by the way. I'm a minister of the gospel, of the reign. And I've helped a lot of people 
that did not understand. Most people, when I became a believer since that time, back about 40 years ago, uh, all, all we were told in most churches is go and tell everybody about the Savior. But that's not what he said to do. He said, go and tell the people about the reign of heaven and then demonstrate it. Then Peter comes to him one day and says, are you going to restore our kingdom, our king? Because they were, they were without a king. They weren't slavery to Rome. And he says, no, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be a witness. A witness in court means that he saw what took place. We will be a witness that he is alive and that his law of love will rule the earth. So that's going to be quite a job, you know. That's <laughs> that's going to be quite a job to do that. And can, that's, that's, can I build... Can I build on some of what you're saying there? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, should sir. I refer to you as hearing, or do you have another handle you'd like me to refer to you as? No, actually, uh, my, my my name on your Skype is uh, Heaven Reigns. Heaven Reigns? Yes, sir. Ah. Uh, I think I saw um, um, something like that in the chat window in our talk show window here earlier. Was that you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're Judge Charles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, um, that name that you got there, Heaven Reigns, that seems similar to Keith Livingway's group, one of their names. Um, are, are you associated with Keith Livingway's group at all? No, in fact, I didn't even know about him having that. I've heard uh, through the seminars with Eric, but I didn't even know he was named like that. I have a trust named Heaven Reigns Trust, but it had nothing to do with it. I took my name out of Matthew, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse. <laughs> I had no okay. idea. No, I'm not. So I'm not like just, just refer to you as Heaven Reigns here? Oh, or just call me Joe. Joe? Okay, Joe. I appreciate the simplicity there. Um, yeah. um, but um, uh, if we can step back a moment to um, what you were previously... Oh, the, the connection to Christ. Okay, right. you, were, you were talking about the issues of Christ... And, and his ministry and how our concerns for justice in this modern society sh should be obligated to carry on with the profound teachings of our Lord and Savior, right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, to build thereon, I'd like to point out that um, um, there's a pattern that uh, is referenced in Mark and Luke about Jesus was organizing their communities, the, the Christian communities that were following him. He was organizing them in communities of fifties and hundreds. Uh, I don't have the citation in front of me, but it's in the books of Mark and Luke. It's repeated there. And, and that reference to fifties and hundreds is a reference to previous um, Israelite law that, that in Exodus 18 and Deuteronomy 1, where Jethro and Moses were talking, and Jethro right. told Moses that he couldn't uh, do all the judging for the entire nation of Israel. He had to appoint captains over tens. Very familiar. Are you familiar with the passage? Yes, sir. Go on. Yeah, I know what he did. Yes. 
Okay. Are you familiar with that, that, Charles, that, I miss, that in our I missed the whole thing. common law history that uh, uh, there's such a thing as hundred courts that are directly linked to that Christian Israelite theme? Huh. No, because uh, uh, see, the Old Testament. Uh, this is what I've learned, and maybe you add more to this, but uh, the Old Testament made because of the uh, Israelites hard-hearted at the mountain when he showed up, he was going to make them all kings and priests. But they decided to follow Moses. When 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 the uh, Father Aluhim, the Father showed up, the earth started quaking with his power and glory, and they got afraid. So this mentality of slavery for 400 years came upon them, and they wanted a leader because they, they, there's no way they could see themselves as leaders. Uh, a real good book you can read of that is Understanding the Whole Bible by Jonathan Welton. And he talks about the covenants that they had. Uh, you see, uh, when, when Yahushua, Jesus, was here, he, he was still living under the old covenant because he had not uh, forgiven us, take the price, forgive us from the sin. It was blood, blood, blood sacrifice. Yeah, the blood had not been shed to forgive us of our sins and start a new covenant. So he had to fill, fulfill the old whole covenant. And in fact, if you read Josephus, the historian, Jesus came back and destroyed Jerusalem in AD 40. Over one million Jews died. They, they uh, read that book, Josephus. He, he's not, he wasn't even a believer. But uh, Titus at that time, the Roman emperor, uh, made a huge old hole and put a bunch of Jewish people in there. And he says, who here knows how to speak Roman and write Roman? And Josephus raised his hand. He was the only one saved out of the whole bunch. And he wrote everything Titus told him to write. And in that, in that book there, you will find out that A.D. 40, he destroyed Jerusalem because he had to fulfill the covenant. You see, they made a covenant, and this was the covenant. No, God, you tell us what to do, and we'll do it. You tell Moses to give us a law. It was their idea of the law. It wasn't his idea. So you tell us what to do, and we'll do it. Let's stop to think. Why? Did they have somebody tell them what to do? Why did my Heavenly Father have the right to tell me something to do? Because I had no communication with him in the spirit. Did, did, did the Father God give Abraham a law? No. Because his heart communicated directly with him. So he had no law. The law came 400 years afterwards. So, you see, the law, to me... Is for fallen man. Uh, brother, you don't have to tell me to love you. Once once I enter heaven, I love you because, okay, if First John says, we love him because he first loved us. In order to love, you have to receive love. You are parents or grandparents right now, but your father loved you first before he loved him. So there had to be a first with love. And then the Bible says that God is love. So you see, he wants to multiply himself for each one of us. And by, by and the way he does that is first, he gets you in his reign and his righteousness comes upon us. 
And then he begins to build himself in us. And, and if you read the 70th chapter of St. John, Jesus prayed this, Father, I pray that they will be one as you and I are one. What do you mean one? One in heart, one in spirit, one in the way he was made in the beginning. You see, the Father's wanted to be one with his creation ever since the beginning. That's how it was with Adam. But that lost, that, thing, that whole thing got lost. Then the covenants began, you know, Noah, Abraham, uh, uh, David, uh, Solomon, and so on and so forth. Down the line, here we have the New Testament. And the New Testament is written in our hearts. Yes, you have the Bible to go by, but it's in your heart. The, the New Testament is a heart. It's a hard life that we live. We live through the heart. It's a spiritual life, you see. Man had not lived this way before. No man lived this way before, even Abraham, after Adam fell. After Christ came, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man, spirit man, be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new species of being. We are the same as the Father himself in spirit. See, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live inside a body, and we have senses and the mind, soul, emotions. But the spirit is what he made us to look like him. When that spirit, when our spirit is developed in him and, and we grow up into him in all things, we now begin to be the Christ in the earth. Joe. Not for, yes, sir. Um, can you show the microphone a little bit there? Turn it down. All right. Well, you on head of steam there, and I take no joy in derailing you. But um, you're painting with a broad brush, putting forth a whole bunch of propositions, and a few minor ones there. I I would beg to differ with you on, and I think it would be worth a stopping and trying to work towards a consensus on each of the individual your issues that you're raising point by point rather than you just splattering a whole bunch of them all over the wall and yeah, yeah. Um, um, the rest of us looking at them and going, trying to figure out which ones we agree with and which ones we oh, don't. Right. I got you. Yeah, I'll just generalize. You're right. I okay, well, okay. The, the, the forum here is dedicated to consensus building amongst all good faith people that come into our conference here. Sure, sure. Um, and that requires turning the microphone a little bit. Go ahead. Is that you, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm not against it. It'd be very interesting how you guys are going to get it going. All right. Well, cool. interestingly, I wanted to, if you don't mind, point of interest for the gentleman. Good, Don. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> sir, your words are valuable to us, and your heart is in the right place even more valuable, okay, to us. We We value your opinion. Uh, and your in your perspective, not just your perspective, but your belief system, and appreciate the fact that you brought those points forward tonight, because you basically, you are a perfect example of what we are looking for in qualified electors, people willing to hold to their truest principles, okay, and uh, embody what we call the common law here mm-hmm. today. So I want to thank you for sharing that. I yield the mic on that note. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I, I really learned. I've been looking for a group like this. You guys ever heard of the Michigan group? That, uh, uh, I haven't. Uh, George Anavan Rice that talks about the Michigan group. They have, they have a uh, common law court. She says there's 31 counties already in the United States that have a common law court. How come they're not assembling juries? I have no idea. Uh, that's what she. I'm just studying her material about a month ago, you know. So uh, when when I called Eric, I said, Eric, brother, I think we need to st- get a common law court going here and get our own private bank and take over the whole area. I said because it's the Father's will, and this is the way I believe we're going to do it. So I had no idea, you know. I, I'm just checking out where they are at. Hey, first, first he sounds right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I point you, out something there, fellows? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've come to know a little bit about Anna Von Wright's, and uh, while she's got many redeeming virtues, she has spoken out against our forming of jural societies. And um, uh, I and Double Eagle, at least, are, and I believe Don, are, are all supportive of forming our own jural societies. But Ms. Von Wright's purports to be a, a judge of common law jurisdiction, and she's speaking out against jural societies, and I find that to be very problematic with her. Really? Yep. Charles, do you have the link? I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you have the link that you can share with us or the YouTube video that I could look at? Um, I'll try to investigate that. A more quick and efficient manner would be to try to get Ms. Von Wright's involved in a phone call. Don, maybe you can take a, the point. I'll, I'll give you her phone number. <laughs> uh, oh, you sure, can give sure. Oh, you can three-way both of us in, maybe, and, and, and we, we can uh, try to build a consensus with her on these issues. Let's huh? do that. Let's do that. Let me get uh, – why don't you email that to me later, okay? I'll do that, Don. When you get a chance, make a note so that we, we can follow up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, in fact, I'll make the note right here in the chat window. I'd love the chat window. It's my you, <laughs> the court record, basically, along with the audio file. My right lord there. is so busy, he can hardly keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. Uh, it's interesting, though, this common law. Uh, see, one thing about what he mentioned regarding Anna on rights was that uh, uh, she's, you know, she's really all about the constitutional constitutional authority in my, right? She's against the jural societies. I need to see that still, that evidence. Uh, but if anything, from earlier on the call, we were talking about the Supreme Court and its decisions of the de facto, right? So um, how does Hannah von Rice rein in, okay, on on that on those on that ground, is she aware of the the the, the Supreme Court decisions being um, as, as have been coming from the de facto? I guess, for lack of better words, that's my question. Does she actually uh, support um, the uh, the precedents coming out of the Supreme Court, right? Uh, regarding individual rights, which actually under our system of common law under the in the jural society is non-existent, see, because that would be interesting to find out, right, Charles? Yeah, um, I think generally speaking, from my experience, 
Ms. Vaughn Wrights is pretty up to speed on the problem and the de facto nature of the Supreme Court, and I don't think she's a big enthusiast of quoting their case law, but um, um, she fo she focuses too much on, on indicting the problem, and she doesn't really shine in uh, formulating solutions, in my humble opinion. Um, um, and that's part of why she's been speaking out against rural societies. So, anyway, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Anna, does the gentleman have anything to add? No, I'm I'm still studying uh, everything, you know. So uh, I appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll we'll see each other. We'll talk some more. I have a lot to learn, you know. Uh, I believe in the Constitution for the United States, not of the United States. I've been reading both of them. They're actually both the same except for two words. But uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, you'll hear me some more, and I really appreciate you folks. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Charles. If it, honestly, keep plugging away because you never know who you're going to connect with that will take you to another level of awareness. Thank you, yes. Yes. I love building consensus, Charles. Our strength is in our numbers. When we speak with a single voice, we have strength. And like I was talking with Don last night in the spirit realm, when 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 we have harmony, and, and it, the Bible talks about it, wherever two or more are gathered in his name, okay, at that point, all of a sudden, angels start taking note, and demons start taking note, and the demons run and hide because they don't like what we're talking about. They and the angels do like what we're talking about. And at that point, we're manifesting God's kingdom on this earth. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. One, you know, the the whole blood of Jesus, right, is is the reason. I believe why we're even doing what we're doing today, you know, yes, sir. by, by, uh, if, if Jesus was a real man and lived and died and shed his blood, right. Uh, for, to, to bring forth heaven on earth and to, to fulfill the law. Then, uh, if we're to be as, as he is and live as, as Christ does, <coughs> then we need to put our blood over our intentions as well on a daily basis. Yeah. Not saying we have to go out and spill the blood necessarily, but it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't actually hurt to do that uh, every day. But um, uh, I believe we're doing it when we put forward our intentions and um, we move our bodies through 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 space, you know, and time. Yeah. Well, so we're, the blood over intent is uh, is with you. It's with me, um, and so with, like you, you were saying earlier that heaven is in your heart, right? And uh, so, so yeah, when you live according to a pure intent, right, then you're putting your blood over your intentions, and you'll manifest whatever reality you intend on manifesting. This is the nature of what we're dealing with, and I love the fact that so many people are getting involved in the journal societies right now. They're very interested in it. I. I I feel like we could use, we could pick up, we're picking up steam, Charles, with this. Um, the, the gentleman here uh, stated uh, that he, he was interested in, in, uh, in, 
in the entire concept and looking for more information. Sounds like it could be a qualified elector, but let me ask this guy a question. I'm Donaldson. I'm in Northern California. I have never really been a voter. I maybe maybe I voted once or twice in my youth, but I stopped doing it. Um, and uh, but I want to ask you a question. Are you are you a voter where you're at, or do you are you a are you a Native American? Where do you where do you live? I'm I'm a Native American. I was born. My my grandmother is Indian Navajo. My grandfather's a Spaniard, blonde haired, uh, green eyed Spaniard who married an Indian in New Mexico. Um, I'm in California. I've lived here in California for about forty years. But uh, yes, uh, yes, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm. Here's. Let me say this. I am in the process of being uh, expatriated. Uh, I've done away with my water registration. Uh, I've sent away for authentication of my birth certificate, which my friends thought I was crazy turning it in because it's supposed to be worth $30 billion, you know. And I said, well, wait a minute. That, that's, that's, that's blood money. What do I want to use that for? That's, that's crazy money, you know. I mean, that's something they created. They, they, took, <laughs> they took my mother when she was giving birth and stole my name, and now they're using it. Why would I want to do what they're doing? So no, just give it back to them. And then uh, there's, there's a couple more processes I'm in the process of doing. And so one of my questions was, uh, are you fully expatriated from the system? Because uh, I don't know if you are or not, because if you're not, then uh, then really you don't have any rights on the land. You're, you're just uh, on the sea being pirated by all these corporations. You don't have any rights on the land. Only the living man, the the American national, has any rights to the land. So, uh, I don't know. You guys believe I was just what... Expat, Charles? See if Charles has anything to say before I respond. Thank you. I had my mute on. Uh, 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 um, Yes, thank you. Uh, the this is a common uh, uh, juncture at which um, I and I believe perhaps Don beg to differ with others uh, in that the, the 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 procedures that the 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 fashionable gurus are outlining about retrieving your birth certificate and all of those other kind of things to try to reclaim your sovereignty. All of that is based upon a presumption that that those the contractual entanglements that were alleged to have entered into there are lawful. If you if you go back and look at contract law 101, just basic contract law, the the fundamental elements that are taught to first year law students, you should see the main point is that a contract is supposed to reflect, quote, a meeting of the minds, unquote. That meeting, if there is no such meeting of the minds, then then there is no valid, legitimate, enforceable contract, okay? Further there under, um, um, when, when, when they take your birth certificate and they say, oh, gee whiz, that's a contract that the little baby uh, uh, has consented to be covered, governed by the evil empire from Rome, well, I'm sorry, I don't think the little baby 
consented to be governed by the evil empire of Rome. I don't think he uh, uh, was was informed of the details, even if he was uh, uh, mature enough to to enter into a contract responsibly there. You look at the birth certificate. Is there anything in there that says, oh, by the way, um, uh, when you take this birth certificate, you're, 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 you're consenting to be governed by the, as a slave by the evil empire of Rome? There's nothing in that document that says anything like that. Okay, no fair warning. There, there's no reasonable explanation whatsoever for presuming that we have contracted to be slaves as a result of of, of birth certificates or driver's licenses or social security numbers or anything else. There's no legitimate reason for making those presumptions. And people that do, uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly, are supporting the evil empire by breathing life into the fiction that somehow those are lawful contracts. They're not lawful contracts. But isn't that what makes you a U.S. citizen? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, and you're talking about de facto U.S. citizens, to be clear. They changed the definition of U.S. citizens after the Civil War. Before the Civil War, U.S. citizens just meant state citizens, and, and which descended state citizens were county citizens. County citizens were, were, were precinct-level qualified electors, and precinct-level qualified electors went down to the down, township and the household where the sovereignty was still in the people. See, the U.S. citizen, in, in its natural meaning, means sovereignty in the people. But but they, they perverted the definition after the Civil War, and so now all the patriots are all afraid of being called a U.S. citizen because they've taken over, hijacked a basically good word, and, and made everybody afraid of it now. I, I'd like to hear what the other gentleman has to say. Sure. Uh... Regarding expatriation. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm listening and I'm, I'm just like, I'm at, I'm at a loss for words regarding expatriation. I think Charles kind of summed it up pretty good right there. Um, I myself, uh, I, at, when I first got started with the uh, Patriot uh, mythology, right, I did actually submit paperwork to the local police station and uh hand of uh, you know the chief of police or one of the one of the captains i think it was a captain or a sergeant i think it was probably the sergeant he came out i called him to an incident and i handed him my my sovereign packet if you will okay so in in, in a way i did expat expatriate from the de facto by by giving notice in per, in person I have no witnesses to it, though. I didn't do it through a third party. No two or more gathered together, you know. So in some way, that's that's not enough. That's not enough, uh, you know, to actually beat the presumption. Because what we're dealing with is presumption of law. So expatriation is almost a de- defeating the purpose and, and lets, lets them know that you still don't know really the, the you know, the nature of the legal system, wh- where wherefore it came from. You know, and so it's a dead giveaway, you know, expatriation. Um, It's not absolutely 100 percent necessary, but I believe the reason why the government allows expats to do to, to, you know, they allow people to expatriate. is because if they didn't. Right. A, it would it would breach uh, international treaties. First of all, that are violations of the Constitution. 
People have the actual. Uh, go ahead. He was convention. And, and <clears throat> right. Well, well, see, because uh, now these are these are these are remember that, remember the nature of the constitutions and statutory jurisdiction is to bind and restrict government from, you know, not restrict you. So in a sense, you really don't have to expatriate to make the point. But um, because I don't think there was really a patriot there to begin with. See? Uh, there was not any credible minimum contact between yourself or the state. So the act of, of expatriation when there was no minimum contact to begin with is, is, is an act of a, of a person with a logical fallacy about what's going on in, in, their, in their legal world. Did I sum that up, Charles? There's two two citizens. There's two types of citizens. There's a 14th Amendment citizen, and there's an Article 4, Section 2 citizen. And we're Article 4, Section 2 citizens. We're not the 14th Amendment. This Pennsylvania? No, this is Marvin. Marvin, Indiana. There we go. Somebody from Pennsylvania just called in, too, and Florida. Uh, it looks like we're rebuilding our critical mass. Welcome, others. Uh, uh, but, Marvin, you're making good comments about, yeah, There's see, there's two definitions of the word citizen. There's the one after the 14th Amendment, and there's the one that's more organic, uh, um, de jure, uh, before the uh, um, uh, 14th Amendment. Is that right, Marvin? Yeah. Article 4, Section 2, citizen. Yeah, that's good insight, Marvin. Thank you. Before the 14th Amendment, let me ask you a question. When did the birth certificate...